One of the first standing stone arrangements that we all see is Stonehenge. It's pretty much the one we based all standing stones on. You know, that's the that's the one in the in the modern vernacular that we see uh, first. However, once you truly start digging into standing stones, and then beginning to understand that standing stones in arrangements are pretty much on every single continent in some form or another, from you know random boulders to actually carved megalithic pieces that are amazing to behold you've got to start to wonder about why and and the pattern that emerges from that and as you guys have heard about before on this podcast australia had a stonehenge and the guy who discovered the original survey documents and brought this back into the light richard patterson joins us again here on the podcast it was always a pleasure to talk to Richard. I, I love digging into stuff with him. It's such a esoteric conversation that we have on, on many, many levels. And I suppose whilst I wanted to get some a bit more information because he has continued to do some work on, on the Stonehenge stuff, I wanted to talk to him about some other work that I ran into, which is uh, Bruce Fenton's work, which I think is very, very valuable. He has some very interesting science to back up the basically the indigenous origin story and physical scientific facts. You know, it's interesting, we, you know, we believe in a bearded guy in the sky. However, you know, three brothers chasing the seven sisters across the stars and, and landing here is is crazy. So, you know, it's an interesting, interesting world that we live in. And I suppose Richard has done his own set of research and he has his own theories. And, and the reality is, guys, these are all just perspectives and theories. And if we can base them with some scientific facts, then that's excellent. However, at the end of the day, unless we jump into DeLorean and go back and see, we, we, no one truly knows. We, we're looking at, you know, fingerprints, not even. Like, there's, we're drawing theories uh, from not a lot of evidence. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. However, Bruce's work is, is very, very valuable, and I'm going to actually try and get in touch with him and see whether he'd be willing to have a chat with us. Uh, I think he'd be interested to hear about the Stonehenge and stuff like that through uh, with Richard's work. And it's interesting times. Like, I think I wanted to get Richard's perspective on what's going on at the moment. You know, these are prophetic times. There's, there's 80-year-olds that have never experienced what we've experienced this year. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff drawing parallels as it all comes along, if you step outside of of the existence, it's actually fascinating and interesting times. And I, I really just wanted to get Richard's perspective on that. As always, an awesome conversation. Always such a pleasure to sit down with Richard. And I thank him again for giving me some of his time. As it was over the phone, the audio isn't the best. However, the conversation more than makes up for it. Uh, I'll do what I can as far as to filter out some of the stuff. However, it, it, it's well worth listening to. The song we're going to hear today, I'm going to use Come Together again. A, because it's a cool song. B, because it still holds up. And C, it's what we need to do. Okay, These divide and conquer tactics that are continuing around the planet, at some point, we've got to see past them. It's truly the only way forward. That's about it for me. Look after yourselves, stay safe, be cool, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. <laughs> Slowly, 
G'day everyone, welcome back. We welcome back to the podcast via phone due to uh, COVID restrictions. Richard Patterson, how are you, man? I'm very good. Thank you very much for having me on again, and Really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. We just sort of spoke before we turned the mics on the fact that we were already supposed to have been on at least one expedition in the last few months, but we've been a bit restricted. Yeah, it, people may not um, know what it's like, but um, our lives have sort of been a bit stopgappy at the moment. Things mm. are not as we as we expected, mm. um, which we should know. Not, be not surprised about that. That's what life is. It's a it's a bit of a, a scribble, isn't it? It is, mate. It is. It, it's uh, sometimes it's the unexpected, I suppose, isn't it? So yeah. So, mate, um, we had a, we got a bit of a loose plan about where we want to go tonight, and um, I know that you were. As, as part of your plans pre-COVID, you were putting some talks together. You did get a, at least one done. However, you had a little bit of fresh information to share with us about the Stonehenge after our conversation from last time. So why don't we start there, mate? What What's some of the stuff you found that you presented a little bit more info in the latest talk and, and, and where, we're, where, where are we going with that, I suppose, is, is, the, is the larger question. Well, the, I did have to hold two talks, and I, it, funny enough, just as the lockdown came in, I managed to hold one more. Um, and really, I remember saying to the people who had gathered then that this would be the last gathering for quite some time. But back then, we were, you know, the idea it could be a year and a half before people could gather in a room. Um, so, I, but I was lucky to bring in some new things into that talk. Um, and pretty much what what I, what I found exciting was um, that. The Australian Stonehenge seemed to have more international ramifications and echoes, um, which I could bring in. And also, there was the um, power related to, um, I guess, um, orders, um, so-called secret societies that we have today, mm-hmm. um, and also um, to pitch how, how Christianity and other uh, comparatively modern religions, compared to say indigenous um, spiritual laws may have sort of some subversions of what in in the stone age may have been um um malevolent um energies and now seem to be worth suppressed um the idea of say the the serpent which was like the rainbow snake was a positive force and and, and uh you know a, 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 a physical um in a sense a uh, reflection of the physical self how through such things as Christianity, things have become demonised, mm. and um, and you know you know like the, you've got the Order of the Dragon, for yeah. example, and you know it's become this dark thing when it was a celebrated thing, and but yet through the Christian religion we can see this subversion of it all, um, and more looking not just at how that happened, but why that has happened, and and what is there an agenda, uh, or you know is there a conspiracy, or is there, or is it to do with um, more the subconscious rejection of the earth and earth-based religions, and I was I was more moving into that sort of understanding why what we consider to be evil, and, and when really we we sort of moved into this dichotomy of, of good and evil, and and yes and no, a, a sort of a schizophrenia in a sense, mm. um, how how it plays out in our culture and our fears. Um, so that in a spiritual sense, but also in a in a physical sense, how we're seen, uh, there seem, seems to be very strong echoes of Australia's Stonehenge and the symbology in there and the symbols used on the stones and the language, the sacred language of the Indigenous people here and how you see the exact same language um, 
all the way in to England and um, um, Gobulatep and um, places such as um, Rapa Nui and areas in India where they where they there it, it, it's the same symbology mm. but 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 all but but seems to be disparate um, and it's been uh, sort of like a scattering and trying to explain how that how that scattering could have occurred and what and you know what's the most um, what, what what is the most sensible explanations you know where's an answer that doesn't arise more questions um, and then also taking that farther afield field into an interstellar sort of realm as well that mm. might explain why we mathematically we should expect there to be other life forms and some sort of communication um, but why you know but but there seems to be a, par- a paradox between the idea that, that you know mathematically there should be thousands of other civilizations yet we don't see and you know, the mainstream doesn't seem to pick it up and the, the common person walking out the side doesn't seem to see see that um and what the and what are the answers to those riddles and once again answers that don't produce more riddles and or, or speculative leaps <laughs> so <laughs> it's, but all my... that in a visual sense you know yeah, yeah. I, it's a talk and i can't yeah. just talk so i you know if i say something i have to represent it visually is there a, a photo to back that up is mm. there something that's been discovered that can actually show that mm. um and yeah, and and also be much more strong on a date, the Stone Age history. You know, mm. you know people, the, the Stone Age, we try to break the Stone Age down to, you know, we've only got, say, carbon dating or we use isotopic sort of dating, but we don't say there's a king of that time of, you know, what the civilization is actually doing. Can we chart that out? Can we look at the at the ancient artifacts around the world and actually say, okay, piece it together and what happened? Why did this stop? And what was, where did it start? And, and but we're dealing with a language that it was a very difficult language mm. to try to describe those things. You know, it's, you know, I might say Aboriginal and someone says, no, it's indigenous. And someone says, it's, we talk, you know, they, they, their elders know they're called painted men. And, and, you know, there's a lot of dispute in there and, and, and these trigger people that the, even the words we use, we see that with Black Lives Matter, and people say, "Well, it's actually White Lives Matter." And people are trying to, you know, people are afraid to even speak because they're mm. afraid to offend. The PC culture has sort of prevented, you know, it's almost like newspeak where we're 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 we're, we're almost we're we're gagged in yeah. a sense, and we're trying to develop a language because every word now has connotations. Yeah. I was I've been listening to other people speak. And you can see that where they, they want to say a term, and then they swallow themselves, and they have to bring, you know, they struggle to find a word that doesn't, you know, allude to something else mm. that's already divisive. Mm. So we're really in this weird sort of atomization, in a sense, mm. where we're afraid to connect. As in, in, you know, if two people talk, you know, is that conspiracy? Do we? How do we? If I talk, how do I know it's myself talking? There, you know, and then there's fake news, and there's so many layers, you know, of, of what is true. Yeah. That yeah, it's it's. It, 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 you know, we, we struggle, we, we, we're gaining the information, but disseminating that has become harder than knowing. It's harder to say than it is to know these days. Well, mate, well, one of the advantages of, of having your own podcast is I don't actually give a fuck about what anyone thinks we say on here, and this is my show, and we can say what yeah. we want. Um, I mean, I think, like, I do like the original term as opposed to Aboriginal or Indigenous because that sort of steps outside either one of those trigger points. I, I have been using that term more often when speaking, the, the origines and the originals, uh-huh. um, which I know that the strong boys, sort of that's where I got that term from. You, 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 you basically, you, you said a lot of stuff there, mate. I want to try and unpack some sorry, of it. Sorry, sorry. No, it's I... totally fine. I love it, man. I think it's great. I think it's great. So, I mean, you go back to the serpent. Um, there was a Brothers of the Serpent, which was a secret society as well that I sort of learned a little bit about 
um, through some of the other podcasts and research I've been doing. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that we talked about originally at, at your beautiful place down there at um, outside Mullumbimby, you know, it's it's interesting and, and it sort of ties into the symbology and the language that you're discussing, that, that ancient, almost sacred language that seems to echo around the world. You, you I mean, you're right. You could, there's, there's a set of symbols, obviously, you know, the medicine wheel, which we, we know represents at Stonehenge is, is a big one. You know, there's the H symbol, there's the handbag, there's, but there's also a number of like language symbols, which echo across rock art and, uh, not only rock art in Australia, but rock art all over the world. Yet some of the the oldest examples, as far as I understand, are found here in Australia. Um, some theoretically older than Lascaux, uh, the caves in France. Ah. And I think the we talk about symbology, language, secret societies, knowledge. And look, I would love to have answers that don't beget more questions. Like it seems to be all we do on this podcast is ask questions and we don't we, we gain knowledge however we, we're not really any further along it's like it, it, it more knowledge more questions um i suppose well, the gymnastics of that you know the mental gymnastics and spiritual gymnastics but you know maybe strengthen us to whatever we're about to face in the future yeah i think so mate well i think it's um i, I saw a meme tonight it was about truth seekers and basically that they they see past the um, the 3D realm and, and the manipulation of media, which it, it, we, we now know, and even the most uh, layman people are questioning due to what we've experienced this year. Um, and it's about trying to see through that and trying to get the, the seeds of truth that are in that to try and join the knowledge together. Um, one of the questions I did have and something I've been thinking about a lot um you know, we're going to discuss some of Bruce Fenton's work a little bit later and some of the other stuff that I've been reading and getting into since we last sat down. Obviously, the Out of Australia theory, I'm very curious to talk about. However, it's more about when we spoke that Stonehenge was almost like a, a, a sacred knowledge um, space that potentially people from all over the world, obviously, particularly Egyptian was what we spoke about um, on the podcast, but that symbology, do you think it would maybe was like the basis of a of a general spiritual religion, for want of a better term, that was once spread globally? I mean, you've got Gobekli Tepe, there's you know, and you know Easter Island. You know, we've gone through, but and spoken about this online and offline. So many of those symbols echo, and and the rock art language. Do you think maybe that once upon a time? It's a bit esoteric and obviously a little bit general. I understand that 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 was the basis of a of a global spiritual culture that understood things maybe than we better do today. What's what's your thoughts on that? Um, yes, I think it was. I think it was a, there was a global culture, uh, and I believe it was spiritual. But I, I think we, science was part of it. I think spiritual is a word we use, mm. and I think it's a one side. It's the coin had two sides. I think that the the, 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 the symbols, the glyphs that we see um, point to uh, uh, where science wasn't exclusive to religion and, and you know, spirituality. 
so yeah, I, I, I think we can't simply say it's spirituality because we're using one of our words. Yes, um, that's, and yeah, that's the so thing. I, I think English is a very brutal language as well, mate. It is. But what I, one thing I did see, I think it was Carl Jung, I think, might have said the fact that science and spirituality uh, seem separate does a disservice to them both. You know, I think there's mm. there's there's a there's a place there where the material science and the the unseen can come together and and a bit more harmonious i think understanding that we don't know everything um yeah i i yeah i we i once heard that we only use words for things we don't understand that uh, there's a lot that occurs between the interactions of human beings that we don't have words for you know when you hold the person you love and your heart hold is against their heart there'd be a word for that but we don't have that word because we don't need that word because when the heart's touching the heart it's already speaking to each other that, you know, when we say, let there be peace, we say, let there be peace because we don't have peace. Or when we say, let there, we, we understand what ideals such as justice, you know, those high ideals, but we, you know, it's, we, we can't touch justice. It's, it's intangible mm-hmm. and we don't even, we can never really reach it. And same as we're only as free, we say freedom, but we're only as, te- we're still tethered to what we comprehend ourselves to become. So mm-hmm. language is, is only used when we can't communicate in a sense. So language itself is, is flawed in itself mm. and yet, yet we can only rely on language at this stage we haven't you know we you know we the ESP and other ways of communicating you know we see glimpses of it um, and and I think the rock art I think that was a I think it was an instructional base I think it was uh, I think it was used to keep people aligned into themselves and I think so I think it was an internal language and I think the rock art was more of you know, it's a sign that came after as more an affirmation of what was known rather than, um, rather than it was more, yeah, it was embedding what was already inside. Mm. And then, and yeah, so we're, we're an dealing an with a creative thing with any language. An expression yeah. almost of trying to capture what they were feeling, seeing, or, or maybe even experiencing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, I think it was an act of love in mm. a sense, you know, in a crude mm. sense. It was, it was the nature we came from nature and it was the giving of nature we you know um, women give to nature by giving birth and men or or maybe the um the, the priesthood of that time would give back to nature the the very laws that nature gave to them that they lived by it was i think it was a type of praise it was a type of reverence mm. so it maybe wasn't so when i say it was instructions it wasn't it was it, it was it was a it was a love making affair it was give and take Mm. There was a union there, mm. and I think they were, in a sense, of giving birth through the, through the symbology. So, do you think maybe the the original Australians, the the keeper of this knowledge that seems to echo around the globe, do you think maybe they were like again, we, we're using brutal languages like sages or mages or um, druids or something along those lines that either travelled. And pass that knowledge along, or as as we spoke about in the last, in the as the information you found about Stonehenge, they were put through an initiation ceremony of sorts, and then go out as like um, you know speakers of the of the knowledge, or you know. Yeah, cause, cause... I, I I do I, I'm I I do until I find a better explanation for all the things I've discovered. For me, it, at the age of fifty, in my years of research and things I've looked at you know physically and the things i've read and the places i've been 
it all point you know when I look at where it's all where the arrow points it all points to the to, to an explanation which gives within that explanation that the original people of Australia were had a priesthood that lasted many thousands of years ending around 3500 BC well and when I say ending I mean ending as a global influence an a, a, a open global influence uh, 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 every man knew global influence, mm-hmm. and I think they became submerged from 2500 BC until, un, you know, until maybe 500 AD. Um, this, it just constantly was beaten down, and then it, it became it was you know it was preserved in a different way by the the Druids. Um, and I think, and we see, I think we see the symbol, the indigenous symbols all around the world. We do, and yeah. it, and to me, the only explanation is that they had a worldwide. It was a worldwide culture. But as I, I've said before, from what I can see, the only explanation for the massive sites of say what Australian Stone Henge is considered to be, and also the spread of the of the indigenous symbols, the original symbols around the world, would it, to me says that you had an empire. But it was a spiritual empire where mm-hmm. other empires, instead of dominating as um, modern empires have done mm-hmm. by conquering other people through the, the through force and through having to be a, a permanent presence in a structure, they dominated through their sheer um, the will of their knowledge mm-hmm. and their sheer depth of their understanding and the preservation of what they had what they had preserved from the, the distant past. So yeah, worldwide influence culture that went for, for at least <laughs> yeah. 10,000 years, from, from at least 10,000 BC, from the, 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 the thawing of the Ice Age until 3,000. So uh, at least 7,000 years. But as Bruce Fenton doesn't discount uh, uh, something going further back, and I have some perceptions of what that could be as well. And just just a thing to give uh, the listeners an idea of when I, when I um, gave that long-winded speech earlier, and I talked about the subversion <laughs> of... Um, the symbols. Yeah, well, the, that was going to be my um, next question about where, how, yeah. why they're being covered up and ignored. Because if you right. you bring some of this knowledge that we both know that is clear as day, and you can provide photos, you can provide all the evidence you want, but the general mm. layman has no idea about it because it pretty much rewrites history. Um, it's yeah, the subversion's interesting, mate. So you, you expand on that. Well, well, uh, there's a if anyone. Who listens wants to jump on the net? A quick one is um, to give an idea. Um, if you look at the Alcharinga stones or, 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 or wood that the that the high high men of the original people carry with them and use, it's it's, it's almost universally the Alcharinga is universally when you look at it is is three spirals. So a center a center spiral and the left and right spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do we see that again? Now in you have got say for example Newgrange, which is a an ancient stone hinge uh, stone age site in Britain uh, in and that's three three thousand two hundred years old. And at the entrance of that and also the way that the the winter solstice sun shines through the entrance to that, firstly the, the main entrance is a giant stone with three spirals. Just like a giant Alcharinga, mm. it looks exactly like the mm. ones that are handheld here, and so possibly, yeah. That that's like the the Triskelion or the Triquetra. There's all these yeah. equal lateral three sided triangles and that have been interpreted, and I think yeah. that they all maybe come from a, a similar meaning. A common, a, yeah, a common source, and yeah. and so you've got this the, the three spiral the, the spiral petroglyph, and deep within the passageway of Newgrange, and I believe Newgrange is I, I think the most glyph 
lift object or, or structure, you know, has it's it's pretty much the move of the day, you know, okay. what's being preserved. And but in the passageway, the, the center stone that gets the, the solstice light, which is a southern light that which comes from, and if you, you map it out, it, it, it's just from Australia that direction. Mm. And if you look at that, it's once again the three spirals. But to give a crude interpretation of how those three spirals have changed in history. Um, if you reckon the number of the beasts, the number 666, and you get the numbers 1 to 10, you know, you've got the figure 8, but the only spiral number is the number 6. So 666, you know, which is spiral, 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 has now become subverted into this knowledge, you know, the forbidden knowledge, don't mm. go there now. Mm. And it's, and, you know, this is forbidden because the common man didn't understand. Um, and so the idea that the priesthood was venerated didn't didn't mean that the, that the, that the general folk, the Stone Age people would as individuals were less venerated as, not, as constitutes of the great knowing. Mm. But now there's this hierarchy has come in, this idea, this sort of Brahman thing where there's a, the, 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 the elitism has now come in. We've now got the very few at the top, which were the, the, the seminators of knowledge, and now the, the few at the top have become the keepers of knowledge. Mm. And, 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 and their power is what they know and what they don't let us know, mm. the, 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 the masses. So it's, there was this sort of idea that there was a hierarchy but there wasn't, but but the, the reverence was from top down and, and you know as above as below. Mm. But now the reverence is gone. There's the sacredness has gone away from the picture, mm. and now we you know that's the powers that be, the toothless and ruthless, you know, mm. and they cling to that knowledge when that was knowledge for all people. Mm. You know, so sixty six has become a dangerous thing. A little bit of knowledge is dangerous, and we don't give that to the common people. We you know steer away if you see these things, you know, destroy it. You know, it's it's heathen stuff. It's you know it's and it's it's not. Christian, or it's not whatever the powers that be say is acceptable now. Mm, yeah. Mm. So there's this, yeah, there's this divorce now that's occurred, this breakage, this shattering of unity, where the cycles have now become broken, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. Well, I think, uh, you know, with great power and great knowledge comes great responsibility, doesn't it, mate? And, and, yeah. and, and unfortunately, and absolute power corrupts absolutely in the end of the absolutely, day. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing. And now, and, and, and you know the idea, you know that, you know, say for example, free energy. You know, well, we can't give that to the people. You mm. know, what will they do with that? So why do we want to shake up what we have? So they, it's 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 almost like the Lord of the Rings. You know, we have the ring. Oh no, and that they become. You know, the, the ring was meant to go into the volcano and become part of the earth, but no, no, we'll hold on to it, yeah. and they've been corrupted <laughs> yeah, by the they power. Never, you know? They never took it back to Mordor, mate. They hung on. Yeah, to they it. never took. Yeah, they hung on to it, and they become and they become and they believe that their mort their mortality is connected to their knowledge and bringing it down from father and son and holding that that land. You know, you look at parts of England and now Australia where the same very few families have have kept that land despite civil wars or whatever, World War One, World War Two, whatever. You know, they. They cling to that. They're big, you know. They, yeah, they've lost their souls in a sense, and they don't. And they're just as ignorant as we are because mm. they're ignorant in how they should be using that in that that knowledge. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Do you think maybe the knowledge, uh, because it's been held for so long, and you know the the blue bloods, for want of a better term, uh, maybe the importance and the true understanding of what the knowledge is. Do you think maybe that there isn't actually many people left that really do understand, mate? Which is leaving guys like me and you to to try and unlock the code as it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, I don't know whether we went much into my um, other research, you know, but I did find myself in England at one point um, 
um, mingling with the elites or the people who know the elites. So I've met those. I've been involved with those people. And, mm. and now, you this know, is, this you know, is, so so. What was the name of your book again, mate? I've read it. I actually, I've, oh. I, I read it years ago. It was fascinating when I met you because I, I I did read. I was on a bit of a serial killer kick a little while ago. What's the name yeah, of the I've, book for everyone? Yeah, there's like? a there's a book which I've written called Jack. Jack the Ripper, the works of Francis Thompson, and in that I posit that a, 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 a once famous poet may have been Jack the Ripper. Mm. Um, there are a lot of suspects, but I found too many um, coincidences that I couldn't just leave alone. Mm. I wasn't the first to come up with the theory. A, a pathologist, a Texas pathologist in 1988, came out with an article that received no attention whatsoever. It was in a little journal that no one ever read, really. Um, and I individually, independently stumbled upon the same suspect, not knowing because there was nothing on the internet to show me that anyone had come up with the theory either. So I launched into it uh, eventually and um, spent 20 years traveling the globe, go, looking, going through all the archives and notes. And that could be a, a, a show several on its own. Yeah, so, look, I think um, I do want to dive into your Jack the Ripper stuff. That's but, that's a conversation for another day. But, what... but, but with that, I, 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 I've got friends now who are in Scotland Yard and that sort of thing. You know, I've got people in in, in MI5, I've got, they're my friends, you know, they're yeah, good right. people individually. Mm. The cogs in the wheel are nice, you know, and, and, and as cogs, you get enough alcohol into each other and you start to spill the beans. And, yeah. and you know, and, and pretty much their confession was, you know, we'd like to think, you know, well, we'd like to think there's an evil, there's, there, you know, there's this evil, there are these evil orders, all these conspiracies, there's these controllers in the entire world. But because at least, even if there's someone, you know, it's like, why do people follow Saddam Hussein or, or Hitler? It's like, you know, and, and the answer is they point somewhere because no one really knows what's going on. And, and the common person would rather think there's an evil organization that's in control because, hey, we, they can be overthrown and then we can take their knowledge and we can control whatever the case might be. But the idea that they are just as lost as we are is a frightening thought. Yeah. The idea that ultimately we're alone and they've got no clue either and they're just grabbing at straws and just thinking up things at the moment. And I think we've seen a reflection of that and how the powers be ring reacting to the coronavirus where mm. you know we mm. you know after time we can build a story and after time we can see we can we say this pattern but i i saw you know that, that you know no one expected boris johnson to cling to life you know that you know they, they shouldn't be that that fragile mm. and there is and they seem to have been as fragile as we are and that's a scary thought to think that people in control can fall down as much as we we would like you know let there be an evil 11 overlord because at least there's someone who knows something. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a larger topic there. Is that why we have religion? Because we we need to have daddy in the stars and yeah, and we need to have because the alternative is we're alone. We have to think fend for ourselves and have to have independent thought. And, mm. You know, and freedom's a terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. You know, give someone true freedom, they, they, you know, they, 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 they gasp if you put them out. You know, it's like we, we're happy in our cartoons and you know, we, we, we need to have order out of chaos. It's a human, it's human. If, we, if there isn't a God, we'll make one. You know, we need to have something to look forward to. Yeah. We need to have a representation. Um, and I think that idea, you know, the, like, the, you know, like the idea that we, the, 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 the original people and a lot of um um, ancient tribes and cultures had initiation ceremonies. So we could, in a sense, get that download, you know, and mm. could, you know, there were ways to contain people and, and, and yet ways where people could, could, could connect and be free and feel mm. that, feel a sense of self. 
And now we only get a sense of self if we put on the football scarf, you know, or we get a sense of self if we all drink the same beer or we all share, share, share the same in-jokes about from a TV series we yeah. come to, you know. Yeah. We, we, we found very crude, rudimentary ways of establishing some sort of sense of inner peace. Mm. Um, mm. And COVID's been an interesting thing because it's made people have had to really fend for themselves and really say, you know, I can't do what I used to do to identify who I am. Mm. Um, I can't go to work and, and be in the rat race and complain because that's how I identify myself. I can't say, you know, yeah. the, who am I? I'm the guy who's allergic to chilies or whatever. I was the thing, but if I can't have the allergy because I can't get my chilies. Who am I? I can't mm. speak of who I am in mm. a simple sentence. Look, you know, we're not simple sentences. You know, there's, there would definitely, definitely has been for me personally, and uh, you know, and I know for yourself as well, a lot of self reflection because of this time. And you know, yeah. we, we, and even even guys like ourselves, we identify ourselves through some of the things that we do. And, and when those things are taken away, you, you must self reflect and see where you're at. However, I, I actually had a bit of a flashback while you were talking, mate. Probably one of the, the, the first pieces of this journey that I started on, which resulted in starting the podcast, was the, the realisation that I was pretty sure that no one knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember the day that it happened. I think I was out, I think I was in the city, in Brisbane City, and not too sure why, it was a few years ago now, and just, almost, I stopped dead in my tracks. Yeah, it's really earth-shattering, isn't it? And, I, and real... I realized that I don't fucking think anybody knows what's going on. Like, I think yeah, we're but... all at different levels of pretending. And I remember the fear. I remember the yeah. fear that I felt when I actually had that realization. Mm. Um, however, there's also freedom in that as well, because that means that everything's just a perception. And therefore, you can, if you can see it from another perspective, that the world is your oyster, I suppose, for want of it, a... it, it is. You can rebuild it any way you want. Mm. As a teacher, I've had I've had situations where I've had a student who say, who say we're, we're um, pulling a book apart, and eventually they get to that the, they say, "Sir, I thought I knew what this book is. I have no idea what this book is, and no one has any idea what's going on here." And I say, "Fantastic, because everything's fallen apart. Everything's become dust." Everything's been or atom scattered, and now you, as a cognizant, mature human being, can rebuild that into what you want to make of it. Mm. And when mm. you speak of it, you can speak. You could. You've now undermined it. You know the the idea is. You know, und, the undermining was the old tradition, or not tradition, a tactic where I want to take that castle. Those walls are too thick, and I batter it, and I batter it, and I can't overcome it. And they dig under the castle, and they'd weaken, and the thing, the foundations would collapse. And that's how they conquered the castle. Mm. And by undermining yourself and undermining all you know and the thing collapses into dust, then that gives you the perfect freedom to rebuild it as you are. And it's a terrifying, daunting thing. But it's the first step to some sort of awakening. Mm. It's becoming awake. It's coming it, it's really taking it's really swallowing the red pill. Mm. Um yeah, and it's a big step, and you know, and I applaud people who are in that state. You know, when I meet someone who's crying in fear, I, I you know, they go, they, I go straight to their house, and they're like, "Why are you here comforting me? I'm a miserable, abject soul here." And I'm like, "You are the bravest thing I've ever met. You are sheer courage right now, mm. because you could, your heart took another beat. You know, mm. heart stop. 
You know, some people just drop dead walking in the street. Well, I hear about it, and people say, "How did that happen?" Well, that person might have just realised what you realised, mm. you know, and they and they just conquered. They they, they conked out. They just could not cope with that knowledge. Mm. It's a huge weight, but it's a weight that lifts. And once you get into that, not only can you rebuild yourself and rebuild the the world around you as you want it to be, and you're and you're on the ground floor of that. It it also means when you're dealing with other people and you're dealing with organisations, you know, I can say to someone, hey, you know, someone, you know, joins a bank or whatever, and they'd say, oh, you know, I'm trying to struggle and understand. Guess what? No one understands what's happening, you know. Oh, how does this computer work? You know what? No one understands. Bill Gates doesn't know how a computer works. No one knows how these things happen. No one person has proved that information. No one person needs to. Mm. You know, that's, you know, I don't need to understand the rock. You know, I just, you know, the rock is the symbol upon it. That it, We emanate those things, but we don't. It, the rock understands itself, and it understands so much it became the rock. You know, become who you are. Become your own rock. You know, mm. it's mm. such a liberating thing, mm. and it's, it, it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's a birth, and it's a horrible bloody thing, but mm. it, 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 it brings your renew. Yeah, I look, as I say, I, I do remember the fear. And, look, I, and, and I suppose the other thing about it too is that when we start talking about these different theories and, and the different, you know, Stonehenges and the Standing Stones and the physical things we can see and how we interpret it, if you understand that you know nothing, right, regardless... You know, and I know we had a, a philosophical debate about that last time because if you know nothing means you know something. However, mm. um, you know, if you understand that everything is just a perception and that no one really knows what's going on and you can then, what it allows you to do, I think, Richard, and I, I, I'm sure you agree, is that you can see things from multiple perspectives without becoming attached to them. Mm. Because... Mm. because it's it's through when people get attached to belief systems and they get attached to certain ideas you know even though within your mind what your idea may be is speaks as truth to you you must be open to um, challenging your perspective to see what's out there because that's the only true way to learn and grow and i think you know i know we, we between us we have a lot of information and we've joined dots along the way um, and you know we may not be exactly at the same end point however at the end of the day it doesn't really matter I think what if we go back to the, the standing stones and, and the stone circles we find all over the globe and the megalithic architecture we, we come back to that we've got to attempt to understand it there's a reason that it got left behind you know like you don't just humans are purposeful creatures Right. If we if we decide to build standing stone circles literally all over the planet, you know, that's one of the things that I don't think a lot of people realise. If you start looking into it, there's literally stone circles everywhere. Yeah, yeah there was meant to be no stone circle, you know, in, in in Australia and I still hear it today. Um, and when I've held my talks on the Australian Stone Hinge, I prefaced it by saying, Before we explore what the this giant stone circle might have been, hey, guess what? Here's examples of stone circles all around Australia. You know that we just, you know, that we don't talk about today. But mm. in the 1890s, in the 1900s, people knew about them enough to pull them down and draw them and take photos before they pulled them down. You know, they, and, and and measure them and, and discuss them. You know, mm. they, it was quite common to know they were here. And then, you know, but we, we, we think when we that that the great thing about writing is that we preserve our our history. But only if we open up those books. You know, cool. and write and, and books themselves becoming a thing in the past. I, I've gone to schools to in you know, where I walk into the library and I know it's a library that says library, but there's no books there. And I say, Where did the, the eight thousand books go? And they say, Oh well no one wanted them, so we put them in the landfill. 
you know, it's we're coming to that day and age where, where you know, we, we, we read on the internet, we go, oh, well, that's great. But that we, we're reading virtual writing, you know. Mm. It, it, could, it only takes an EMP wave from the sun and all that's gone, you know. And, and you go to the and, – and really, books are becoming a, a thing of the past. And, you know, I, I, I had an argument with someone the other day where um, with my Ripper suspect where I was talking about that saint days – and how Saint Days coincided with certain things from the old Catholic calendar. And someone said, but I went on the internet and I saw this calendar that didn't mention any of your Saint Days. And I said, well, you'll have to do it backwards. You'll have to look at the day and look at the saints on the day or look at that saint and then match, see what day the saint mentions because you won't see it now. And, you know, so where you get information from Richard Wright found it in this book? But I know that book is impossible to find because it was on a library shelf. And now I know it's in an archive or gone. And yeah. someone may have scanned it, may not have scanned it. Knowledge is evaporating. Mm. Knowledge is only what's there today, you know, and the, that's why. And I think people knew that in, back in the Stone Age, and that's why they wrote it on stone. Mm. And I think when they put it on stone, it's, it really is a chronological imperialism. They're saying, this is something that I need to know, and my children need to know, and God damn it, my children's children, children's children need to know. Yeah, so we're going to build it out of big fucking rocks so everybody can yeah, see it. Yeah, so you're going to know forever. And, and no one, and, 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 no, and, and only, you know, if a, if a crazy person did that, the next day they'd be chopped off the rock you know what i mean mm. those things stay there because that person who did that was speaking for the people yeah and and that was collective wisdom and that was something that they knew that we needed to know today mm. you know mm. because they knew books or you know go away you know even though they might not have had what we call the book they knew certain things are transient but stone lasts and you know they gave that they wouldn't have imparted that into the stone if they did not think we need to know it as relevant as today as it was 20, 30, 700,000 years ago. Yeah. Well, look, and look, and you know, you just said a big number there, 750,000 years ago. I think one of the things that I am realizing through a lot of the research is that the time scales are off. You know, I think, and there's, there's, there's two sides to some of the, you know, the knowledge though, Richard, because it seems to be in a, in a lot of academia that if it's written in a book, then that's it. It's fucking gospel, you know, and these mm. people will defend it. And the only reason mm. we move forward is from that book is that person slips off this mortal coil. You know, mm. there, there's a lot of closed perspective in some of that area, which oh, I have yeah. come up against as well. I definitely have come up I've, in my own career. I've come up with that where I've had, I've had, opportunities to scorn astray because someone had consulted a book which said something I had not said and then I would have to say well you know that was actually a typo and then I'd have to show the other book that that, that source came from that showed that that had been corrupted mm. but if, if I did not have the original source I would would only have that corrupted source to rely on which would then you know and and and, and like it's like the library of alexandria i find that an interesting thing because a lot of people say you know when i meet people who are interested in history a lot will say oh, i wish i could go to the library of alexandria and the greatest thing destruction was the library of alexandria but if you do some real learning into the library of alexandria you'd see that by the time it was it was pillaged by um the muslims and then the christians the the the, the papyrus scrolls have been rewritten 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 in different languages by different scribes because those things eventually would turn to dust that that the the scrolls that were burnt weren't weren't the original scrolls anyway and that and had been already distorted yeah. so it was already destroyed 300 years before it was destroyed just because human beings had to copy it and 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 unlike stone which people could that the public could see like a billboard and correct there was no one to correct because the wise people knew and only they were allowed to know yeah, um, and, then, and, then, and, 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 look, and, and look, like any author and any copier, 
whoever's copying the papyrus or the map, that's their interpretation exactly. of what they're and, reading. And everything is a novel. You know, mm. someone, you, know you, could, you could read a, a factual book on, on, on witchery grubs, and, but what they've decided to put into that book is a choice. Yeah. And how they were, you know, what fact they think is necessary after the following fact is their choice. They're building a story themselves. There's a story in everything. There's an opinion in, 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 in what they decide is important for us to know. Their opinions in human beings filter all the way through personalities. Just, just, you know, personalities come and change things all the time. You know, nothing, you know, what it, it, it's, it's like as you go back and you said, what can we know? And it's really healthy to know we really don't know anything. And once you get to that, it, it is a lot you can you can at least we can hold a thought and we can tumble a thought in our mind and we can and it, it's and someone can give us a thought that you know too often someone will read a book and they'll say oh I'm, I'm glad I read that because that affirmed what I knew I always knew that and that's proving what I thought but so imagine to read something where that we recently say you know what I never thought of that before mm. let me hold that for a sec you know what that's another way of seeing things and and to me that's gold it's like people dig into the ground and you dig and you get a brown rock you dig and you get a brown rock and then suddenly you get this shining thing that's a miracle what's that you dig and you find the gold mm. and mm. you can hold it and you can contemplate it and too often we're afraid to hold something because we think if I hold it I might believe it and then it's going to destroy who I am but you know we can hold something that's foreign to us and we can put it down. You know, it's you know, a two year, a, a baby sometimes doesn't know how to drop something. Well, you've seen a two year old that drops it anyway because they don't. We have the, one of the first things we learn as a motor skill when we get develop ourselves as a pedagogy, as a pedagogical thing is to pick up something, hold it, and put it down. Mm. And we're afraid to hold the thought. You know, someone you know, someone might say, "Be a vegan," and and, and oh no, I'm not going to hold that thought. Mm. But it's okay to hold it, contemplate it. You know what? If you contemplate as a mature being, especially awakened in the sense of aware where they, no one really knows anything, mm. terrifying as it might be, you can hold something and say, I can contemplate that. And you know, I can either, and, and even if it's foreign to me, and I, might, and I can take that in to me if it's mm. something that, you know, does, you know, fulfills, you know, the obligation of the common sense, or I can reject that. And it's okay, at least I held it. Mm. Too often people say, no, they're afraid to take that thought in. Yeah, you know? I, think and, that, I mean, that, that is one of the, the, the you talk about, you know, uh, tribal identities, and I think ideas are very dangerous things as far as that. Um, you're right, mate. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just had to no, cough, yeah. and I didn't. I, I, not that it was just a it was a high and cigarette cough, not a. <laughs> so okay. I'm fine. Yep, you haven't got the corona. Um. <laughs> yeah, no corona yet. I think you talk about tribal identities. One of the things about uh, knowledge and ideas is people become very attached to their identity through their ideas. And, mm. and like you say, people are afraid to pick something up that they don't agree with, you know? And I, I say this to people all the time, don't be afraid to do that. I do that on purpose. If I read an article and if, if I have a negative reaction to like an article, oh, that's crap. I'll actually open it and read it because mm. that initial reaction, that, that is a, a condition reaction to something and, and I need if that and it's a negative yeah. reaction so it needs to be explored like why am I reacting negatively to this is yeah. there something in it that I don't see uh, you know not judging a book by its cover you know to pardon the pun you know what I'm saying mm, so it's mm, like mm. You, you need to think about all possibilities and these stones like people don't quite understand actually something you'd be interested in i had a a a student in my last class he was from samoa and there is standing stones in samoa 
that the summer solstice sun and the winter solstice sun passes through uh, mm. a big massive stone arch like it's quite large yeah uh, it's, it's there it's in stone it's and, there like yeah, in you yeah. know, every twice yeah. a year on that same day that pretty much every other stone arrangements aligned to you know the, the sun yeah, lines yeah. up with it you know people have been so uh, uh, so good at at making invisible and putting into their blind spot thoughts that we do it with physical objects. Mm. We all, you know, people, someone will walk past that, see it, note it, and forget it. Yeah. And yet, yet it's tangible, it's real. And, you know, I've had that with the stand stones where the stone stone hinge where, you know, there's no, you know, we, we'll show a 4,000-ton uh, mound that just should be there. People say it's not there. Well, it's there. We, we're standing on top of it. Here's a photo. You can come and look. Yeah. No, I won't look because it's not there. It's like, well, how there does something have to be? You know, when stones themselves are ignored and, and, and aren't believed, then what, you know, let, how are they going to believe a book? How are they going to believe a thought? You know, they're mm. not going to, you know, even... And did you, know, you, they... did you find some more stuff around Mullumbimby as well on your second little adventure? Did you, you know, I saw you post some other bits and pieces. Um... Yeah, I, I, I have found more things, but it, I, I'm, I, how do I put it? I'm happy to share it and talk about it, but it's been very interesting to see how people instantly try to stop the communication. Because I put a, a picture up of an unusual stone slab that's um, as big as a coffee table and, you know, weighs probably, you know, 300, 400 kilograms. It shouldn't be there. It's obviously um, um, it's obviously a rectangle. You know, it's, it's a cute, you know, it's, it's been cut. It's been, cut. It's yeah. been shaped, you know. It cannot have been formed naturally. And if so, I'd love to know how. Um, and you know it's layered, and I, and even try to take it. Um, I, I didn't. I, I couldn't get. It. I took photos of what is obviously a, a rod that goes through it, and and yet when I posted, and all I did was I tried to be um, as innocuous as possible, as PC as possible, and I just said, hey, you know, they're about to redevelop the site, but that put a campground there, and I just said, hey, before we bulldoze this and we start to dig things up, and you know, and put a bridge over everything. You know, what, what's this thing? Because there's not meant to be anything there. It's yeah. just meant to be an untouched wilderness. And I'm like, and I just simply put a photo that said, "Ask what it is." And then I got the feedback I got was, "Have you spoken? Have you spoken to the painted people? That you know, have you do? You, have you done the right thing? This could be a sacred thing. And you know, a photo doesn't tell you anything. You know, what's a photo? Any photo could be anything. And until you've spoken to the right people, you should really tell anyone about it." But I know from living here, there is no right people. Oh, that was my, that's my next question, mate. Who's the right people? And I think and the, and, and if you could you could and, and you know I I could go into the politics of this particular location, but it would be pointless because it'd be the same politics as every other location around the world. You know, yeah. That there, there are those who say that they're in the know, and you know there 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 will be indigenous or original people who will say we are the ins we we we're the keepers of knowledge. Oh, I can find just as many original people down the street who say they're not. You know, so there's even with you know yet the the, the Europeans or the, the the fairly recent people to this to Australia will say, but leave it to them. We're not meant to talk about it. But when you talk to the people who've been, you know, the original people, they say we, you know, they'll say as we do. We don't know what's going on. There are select few who've been selected by the government who say this is they're the ones in control. And when you look at their lineage, there's nothing there. You know, they um, apart from them saying. And, you know, and they use words like, this is sacred, this is untouched, this is men's business, this is secret language, and, and then no one can talk. And in the meantime, everyone's quiet, hoping that the, that the, the, the people who know, the people who, you know, and there's just not, but that we put all, and I've met the original people who say, can you stop putting all the onus on us and saying we're meant to be the keepers of knowledge? Because we struggle just to put food on our plate. 
Yeah. You know, we struggle to keep our, our sons out of prison or stop my other son from committing suicide. And yet now we're meant to be the, the huge keepers of knowledge and meant to save the world, you know? And and yet there are original people who will say, we are those people, don't you speak? And so I got told off, oh, let the painted people talk. And I was like, well, who, you know, who are the painted people? And I'll give you a bit of analogy, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I once taught at a Muslim school in Melbourne and I was in the in the playground um, on Yaji. And I was the token non-Muslim. I was the English teacher. I was the, you know, I, the, I was the non, I was the one to show that they were open to all other cultures and and belief systems. So I was there, and I was walking through the playground. And invariably, you'd have Muslim children who would come up to me, and they say, oh, they say, oh, when are you going to become a Muslim? So you're going to be a Muslim, you know? You, you, when are you going to convert? So I get that, you know, every day. You know, mm. because they, they they wanted everyone to be Muslim because it's a beautiful thing to them. And I kept on thinking of excuses. Oh, you know, I'm not ready or uh, another day or I'm on yard duty or I'm a teacher or whatever. And then finally I took the risk and I had all these, and this was year 9, 10, 11 students, they all crowding me because I was a nice guy, and I guess, and they liked me. So they wanted me to join them. You know, join us. You're great. We want your inputs. And then I said to them all, I said, I'll become a Muslim when I meet one. They're like, oh, what do you mean? I said, well, I haven't met a Muslim yet apart from Muhammad, peace be upon him. I've never met a Muslim. And they say, we're a Muslim. And I say, well, no, you're not, because it says in the Quran, it says don't lie, it says don't cheat, it says don't steal. And I see you doing it every day. All of you have cheated or lied or still. You plagiarized, you didn't bring your homework in, the dog didn't eat your homework. This, and they're like, but we're only human. I said, but Muhammad, apparently he was a Muslim. He created the Muslim. And and when, and when you've introduced me to a Muslim, I'll become one. And then I, and I thought, that they're going to go back home and tell their mums and dads, hey, you know, Mr. Patterson said there's no Muslims. You know, and none of their parents came to me on period. When I saw him in period teacher, a number of them mentioned it, but they all knew it. Mm. And they said to me, the students said, oh, but we're only human, sir. You know, we're, of course we're going to make mistakes. And I said, yeah, but, you know, there's a bottle that says poison. I don't drink and I'm only human. Apparently, if you don't, if you still, you'll go to hell. And, and if you don't, you go to, you go to paradise. So, you know, you've been told every day, it's drilled into you not to do it. Mm. So, you know, and they've got a huge culture telling them what to do the right thing. Yet we expect original people to be, the, you know, perfect beings. And it's 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 disrespectful to put that on them. Mm. It, it, it's making them godlike, and and you see that in a lot of in our culture, where you know the embodied woman, the goddess woman, and and the the man has to be all these things too. The man has to be the caretaker, the man you know, find me the man who can do these things. And we're placing so much responsibility and so much onus on in ourselves and each other to be perfect god creatures, mm. you know, and it's that thing where we have to create a goddess there isn't one, and now we're creating gods within ourselves and. And then we're hiding our faults and our flaws, and you know. And I and, and I can say right here that I'm a, I'm, I'm I could spend I could skip, give you twenty episodes on Australian Saint Hinge if we get into it, but I can give you forty on how flawed I am, you know. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and I was listening yeah. I was listening to people on podcasts today were talking about they've get, received downloads, and I can let people know I've received no downloads. You know, I had to, everything I know went through mistakes. You know, I got everything I went everything I know came through. A lot of tedious thoughts and a lot of stupid ideas. Mm. You know, I have. You know, I wish I had. I got a download, mm. but you know, and I, yeah, and and too often we put people on pedestals and they fall, and then we disappoint ourselves and disappoint each other. So, so I mean, so okay then, mate. I and I don't disagree with anything you've said there at all. Uh, however, it, how do we? How do we? How do we find the knowledge, mate? Like, is is it is it is it just what we're doing here? Is it just exploring ideas and 
and you know because i saw i know exactly the stone you were talking about and I, I did want to talk to you about that and it was quite clear to me it was something i mean i've so i've shown you some of the photos i've taken up in gimpy it's quite clear that the stone's been cut it's quite clear it's not if i can see it you know it's 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 as plain as day however you know you but i but i, I but if one wants to read the comments on the on my on my personal page and and it, it, there are people who say, I can't, there's nothing there. You know, mm. what's the photo telling me? And I'm, well, mm. <laughs> I, I, that, and if anything, it just reinforces that they have a belief system, mm. you know, and that's good, good, good to them. Why would I want to tell them what I believe and have them believe what I believe? Because that'd mm. be rather dull. You, you, well, mm. um, you know, I, I, I think that life is an experience. We, 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 we're, you know, we're experiencing things. I think that, you know, a person can lock themselves in a room and try to deny learning things and, they, and their body's going to tell them something. They're going to have a stroke. They're going to have a heart attack. They're going to, they, their body will literally attack them into knowing something. I think we, that's the, I think the beauty of the universe is that we can't help but know things. And if we get to the point where we really resist knowing, we're going to die and know something. Mm. You know, I, 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 yeah, it's, we don't have to, it's like trying to seek happiness or, you know, we try to, if we reach for it, it's going to, it's like mercury that, you know, the, the true alchemy is knowing that the, 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 the knowing's there. We just have to trust ourselves, you know, you know, the more we, the more we trust ourselves and respect ourselves mm. and also embrace our dark side, respect, you know, embrace the, 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 the flaws that shape us. Mm. It, it, mm -hmm. We were, you know, it's, it's a very, very rare, you know, it, it'd be a miracle that someone doesn't go through life without finding some realization now even you know and even and i've looked at some you know suddenly you get the river i've obviously had to look at the lives of serial killers and, and you know and you know the even they would be some subjected to some experience of beauty they have to win their minds have contain some some sliver of uniqueness mm. um yeah I, I i think we will know when we stop trying to see and it will, we'll learn a lot more by knowing we, we can't learn anything, you know. And I know it sounds some sort of Dao thing or it sounds like I'm going Zen here. But people, if people practice it, and I think people practice it every day, you know, through serendipity. I looked for my sock. I didn't find out how that old watch, you know. We're constantly teaching ourselves that we, we through not, not finding the sock, we found the watch, you know. Mm. Yeah. I, I, and, I, and, I, and, you know, I could feed answers that I, I found, you know. I, 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 yeah, I could, you know, if someone says to me, I've only got 10 seconds, tell me what a crop circle is, or I've only got 20 seconds, tell me about cancer, I could give you something. But, you know, uh, to give you an example, um, I, I died, I've died three times, you know, my heart has stopped beating three times. I've been through, you know, house fire at the age of three and a half. I, I was in a victim of two in run road accidents where I, I was found without a heartbeat, you know, um, and they, you know, no detectable heartbeat, you know, I had to be resuscitated. Um, and people have said, what did you see when you died? And I've told, you know, I know as a teacher, you know, I've, they've asked all my people, my friends have asked, and I refuse to tell them. And they say, you, I want to know. And I say, I'm not going to tell you. And they say, why? And I say, well, because just say I saw a monkey, you know, I don't want you when you die to see a monkey because I inseminated you with that idea. You know, I deprive you of maybe you see the elephant. You know, I don't want to deprive you of you finding the knowing that I do not know mm. or find your own knowing. So, mm. and which is as a teacher, it's, you know, I spent most of my career as a teacher. I, 
I'm teaching, but I'm all, I'm never really teaching. I'm also I'm trying to remind them what they knew, you know, from where they've been. You know, they're in a they're in a you know, there's nothing we can know that we don't know. Yeah, there's nothing you know, new in the zoo, mate. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's you've got to just it, it, knowing and telling has to come with a lot of care. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of respect. You know, they really what is knowing. It's you know, I've seen as a teacher that we just children. A four-year-old will tell me pretty much the meaning of life. And what I'll do as a teacher is I'll take away all their rudimentary words. I'll tell them they know nothing. And then I give them the words back in big words. And they thank you for teaching me something. Yeah. And I really just told them what they knew, but in a different different lexicon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's awful to see their, see their, their gratitude. And it's like, because I've really just stolen. I've reappropriated like people do with, with cultures. I've reappropriated their, their, their spiritual being, their fountain of knowledge, their birth waters of knowing. You know, and I've just given them back in in a freeze dried package in a Mm. in a textbook or an A plus in their result. You know, it's you've got to yeah, you've got to it. it, We should be really yeah. If we we got to be tentative and just wish we'd love. If yeah, and look, I tell you what, mate. I tell you what, it's and it's. I think it was the the coronavirus stuff and the COVID stuff is that um, love is really the answer. Yeah. To, to all questions and yeah. you know however we've obviously skewed it in our modern society yeah. we, we, we've done we've, we've manipulated it and, and you know diverted it and you yeah know. Well, all, 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 even the most and I've I, 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 I've sort of witnessed and I've read and I've spoken to people who have had horrendous experiences and and and, and to me it's just it's always love it's just so it can just be twisted into Eden itself, you know. That that um, okay, like oh, I, I know this is sound blunt, but say someone brutally murders someone, okay, that murdered person is now somewhere, and that person is, is, is you know, if you go through that trans, if you go through the blender of pain, you come out of the, you come out of somewhere, and we we see it in in, in act and effect where the the opposite occurs, so. I, I would not wish pain on anyone, but if pain goes to someone, they're going to be delivered into love, into 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 joy. Mm. And so the end result of even the most twisted thing is an expression of love through the end expression that we are, we in, in 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 this world perhaps do not see. Mm. Now we call it heaven or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, so it, you know, love can be a straight arrow, and love is simply acting on the on the impetus of the emotion of that first hits us. You know, how often do I know as when I was growing up and before I reached a certain age where I want to, I, I'd walk past them and say, I love you. I want to say, I love you. But I said, I loved you 10 minutes ago. It's a bit weird. I say it again or, and then, but now as a father and as a partner, if I feel that I want to say, I love you, I will say it, mm. you know, and I will joke with it. I'll, I'll say my daughter, I'll say, Hey, Amy, she's what? Love you. You know, <laughs> if I have to say a different way, I'm going to say it. Mm. You know, if it, it comes to me, uh, so if it comes to you from at the heart, and we haven't overthought it, we haven't overfelt it, and we just impart it, then that's the beauty. Then it can, it can only be beautiful. And mm. you know, I think that breaks down the barriers. And and I was watching, I was listening to things that um, today on a podcast, and I could see where it was going away from love. It was still motivated by love, but I could see where it's getting skewed. And I thought, oh, it starts with love. But now it's become this um, 
oh, now these people know things. So that means that now they're saying those people don't know things. Mm. You know, and I won't say who it was, but I was hearing someone the other day and they were saying, oh, the academia, and I could tell by the tone of voice, okay, so the academia, you know, the, the scientists don't know what I know. And already there's a hierarchy and already it's like that, mm. you know, it's like the, the religion where it's like, okay, there, there's the, the, the caste system. Mm. People seem to build a caste system. I know and they don't. And mm. then I could see, and then, and then that goes through the select few know and the woke people know. And that's the, 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 the intake that, the, it, 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 it's like, if I say God is great, the, the connotation is I'm not. And if I say that, I know the connotation is they don't. And then once they don't know, then there's selection, and then there's a hierarchy, and then I know what's best for them. And then that's where, and then next thing, you know, that's where we start to split mm. and fracture through building levels. And I really, yeah, and, and it's hard to, you know, I can see people drifting to that. It's, and, and you've got to, and, and how do you undrift that person? You can't. You can't say, hey, that's, you're, you're going to lead us. Hey, you're actually really cut, you know. You, 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 you're, you're taking for granted the potential of so many people when you put them in a box. Mm. and But you, to do that, it's a judgment call on that person. They're not ready to hear that judgment. No. You know, they're moving away from, they're moving into a place where you cannot judge them because they're already projecting and they're already classifying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah and they've they really got to get full circle on their own. The human existence is such a fascinating thing, mate. I, yeah. I, I, do, I do wonder... And is it is it because we want to have the knowledge and want to have the answer? But I wonder whether the the ancient messages and the and the things that are that are in these stones that 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 we that we go back and we, we talk about is that just another version of another religion of another belief system, or or is it what we think it is? Is it or is it because we want to believe that it's a, a deeper spiritual meaning? That okay. There, like, okay, say for example, I don't know whether I've brought this metaphor up before, but say for example, um, in in the desert there's a giant obelisk and it's a kilometre height, and it says there, it says on on it really marked writing, very deeply set, you know, it's like five hundred um, metres deep into this giant thing that casts a shadow over a whole city, and it says God is real, mm. and it's been there since the dawn of time. And people will think, think, is God real? And they look at this giant thing that's been there. How do we not know we evolved to make that writing? Yeah. How do we not know, you know, we? how do we not know that we wrapped our entire culture and perception in a natural thing, you know, to say that's artificial and God is God? We, 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 we're, it's like the quantum now when we measure the experiment, we change the experiment. We're really in a world where we, we, we cannot say, do we see that and is that real? It is It is changing as we change and it is real as we as real. It really is liquid. Um, and I think when we look at the spirals, you know, what does it say? You know, if a child goes to a spiral on a rock, you know, they haven't been told anything else. You give them that spiral. You know, I did, as a child, when I put my finger on it, did I begin from the middle and work my way out? Do I begin from the way out and work my way into the middle? Mm. Which one's the right way? They're both the right way and they're mm. both the wrong way. And, and, and it's like, you know, it's like... um. The round circle, it's round square. You know, it's a representation of of the impossible, of impossibility. Mm. You know, it, and 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 for me, okay, and this is why I, I see it as a map of how to live perhaps a life is, okay, there's there's reality or science, okay, there's the concrete, the uh, the the material, and then there's the spiritual. 
and one seems to be very far away from the other. Mm. And as we travel through life, you know, there's that idea that we're the temple, but at the same time, we've got to look after our, our, our temple. So we've got to be material to feed ourselves and, and sustain the needs to live. But at the same time, we can't live by bread alone. So we're constantly vacillating. We're constantly switching in, in, in small ways every moment. And in big ways where we go to church on one day or then we go to work on another day where we or meditate or whatever it might be, we, uh, we, we, we shift from the science to the religion. We switch from the material to the spiritual. And I think the material... If we follow material, we become materialistic, and we become we become that that you know that business executive who's just almost psychopathic. And we go to the spiritual, we become where we're like, what is knowledge and what is love? And then mm. do I breathe? And do I become an aesthetic monk and I sit on a pulse? And then and we was everything you know is everything a face? Is everything holding meaning? We we, we I think it's as we drift human beings in our lives as a, as a creature as a spiritual physical thing. As we're drifting across, we, we get to that midpoint, and the midpoint is sharp and painful. We can't sit in the center. We're constantly getting pulled to the spiritual and physical. But every time we switch to the spiritual and physical, and we get to that midpoint, that balanced point, it's almost imperceptible. But I think when people talk about the way, when the day I talk about the way, the way isn't, this, isn't trying to follow the middle path. It's knowing that as you follow the middle path, you're, you're cutting yourself. It's like a blade. And that cutting ourselves, we go through that, as we hit that middle edge, between spiritual and physical, we don't we don't even feel it that mm. cut. But I think that's where we cut wisdom into ourselves. I think what we're meant to do is follow follow the middle path and not worry that we're not on it. But because as we as we move to spiritual and then we get pulled back to the material, we're constantly gain we, we gain the, the knowledge and the wisdom is is part of the same thing as we uh, through the flight. Mm. So mm. I think I, I, I think I, 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 I'm, I'm hard. I'm using words to do it. When I tell you what, I could show you a picture right now. I could, if I could show you a symbol that represented that as a map, you go, oh my god, I see it straight away. Yeah. But like, and 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 I could do that if we had a visual. I could say, there, I've drawn it. And I actually physically have drawn it down as a symbol, mm. which I and I say it's actually a roadmap to say, guess what? The narrow, the path seems narrow, but it gets wider as we get as we get wiser. And the path of the spiritual seems so easy, so easy to meditate, so easy to, easy to go to a Buddhist temple. But as we follow, it gets narrower because how do we become perfect on the inside? Mm-hmm. And as we follow the, the physical and the science, how do we realize that I might say I want to understand geology, but then I understand the more I understand geology, I, I can only ever know a small sliver. So the path of science and religion seems easy, but they get narrow. And the path of, of wisdom seems hard, but it gets wider. Mm, um, but mm. but that is but it's easily said as a sign as a symbol. Hence the petroglyphs. Hence the, the symbols they draw, and hence the universality of it. And mm. I think that I can explain in a in a chronological sense why they're the same as scattered around the world. But I think the main sense of it all is that they drew these things because they speak to our our spirit. And they mm. speak to our bodies. Mm. They're representatives of the physical form, and they're also representatives of our spiritual, spiritual selves, which is just as distant to us to understanding our physical self. Mm. And I'll give you a quick example: this physical self. People say, "Let's meditate, lie down, relax, let your foot get relaxed." You've seen that, you've heard that. This is a way to de-stress. But if you say to, if I say to you, Trifon, where does your foot end? Where does your leg begin? draw it up with a pen you'll draw it slightly different to where i'll draw it mm. so even our physical cells are really unknown to ourselves mm. you know how you know we you say foot we say um well i say i've got a headache you know you know when i say headache you don't know where 
but you know, you know, we know, but not know. Yeah, because your, your like, headache is different to my headache, and there's no yeah. way for me to know yeah. what your headache feels like. However, I know what mine feels like. I, yeah. There, there's some interesting stuff there, mate. I wonder, you know... I'm sorry if I'm waffling. No, no, no. I think it's great, mate. It's 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 a, it's a it's a wonderfully esoteric conversation. And it's exactly yeah, it is esoteric. And yeah. I know. I can, I'm happy to talk Stonehenge. I'm happy to talk. No, about, no, no, no. Uh, well, I think I think what you're talking about, mate, is, is echoed in this stuff. Yeah, because if you think about yeah. it, right? If it th- these 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 massive stone structures and the stone circles that we're obsessed with building doesn't matter what our color what our creed what doesn't matter where we are we're obsessed with building these stone circles and they create that wonder they're almost like a gateway between the physical and the spiritual because it's like you know i I've, i've only obviously seen the computer representation of stonehenge mate but i've spent hours looking at that picture of that that computer representation and the and, you know, I, I, I want to block out a week and just read those documents you've got 10 times just to, th- there is something for some of us that it creates a physical wonder that not only is the physicality of them actually placing some of these giant stones, which is interesting in itself as to how they did that. And I, I know you've got your theories and I've got mine. However, more than that, the way they're aligned with the universe, with the stars, with the with the sun, with the 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 love of nature, you know, like there's there's almost like a, um, a joining there with these structures that that, that brings us in and, mm. and and makes us question that stuff, you know, like because I know, you know, the the, the sites the. I went to the when I at the Stonehenge. When I one time I went to the to the Australian Stonehenge site, and I took some people to the one the mound, the southern mound of the horseshoe, and um, the parabolic. You know, you got the two circles, and then you've got this giant. You know, the plating systems and all that. But on the southern side of that circle, I took some people there, and one of the people um, who we both know, but I won't name, uh, said said, oh no, and he pointed down and said, what has someone done? And he pointed to a ring of stones. And he said, so who's done that? And he was angry that someone had come up there, someone we didn't know, and had got some of the broken stones from when it had been bulldozed and made a stone circle. Mm. And he was angry. He was like, what are they doing? You know, how dare they? This is sacred and someone's done that. And I was just thinking, what else are you going to do but make a stone circle here? Yeah. You know, whoever did it might not even known yeah, what that's this right. was before. Right. They're naturally coming there and making a circle. It's a natural it, it, I'd be surprised if someone hasn't done it. Mm. You know, well, it, I mean, how, like, even if you let's go back even like to something very simple that I just I just had a bit of an epiphany there. How carefully do you select your stones for your fire circle when you're out camping? You know what I yeah. mean. When you go and build your, if you're at a campsite and you build a stone circle for your fire pit, that is actually something that you take your you don't just grab random stones you you look at the stone like yeah that one this one that one that one fits with that one even just to build a fire, a fire pit. pit exactly even for something that's meant to last a night yeah imagine the care and 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 people who talk about initiation ceremonies um the initiation ceremony would have sort of certain people back then would have taken, happened at birth and, and before birth it would have happened at conception you know mm. it would have been the sounds they received it would have been you know the, the you know the birth itself, the the care just to create the human being to then 
select that rock and the journey on their life to get to that rock, mm. you know. Um, C.S. Eliot says um, in, in his um, The Wasteland poem, he says, um, um, I think he said, you know, I'll turn a stone and show you fear in a handful of dust. And that fear, I think he talks about in The Wasteland, is that fear you felt when you were in Brisbane and you stood still and said, my God, no one knows what's going on. Yeah. You, know, that, you know, they would have been trying to impart that fear before birth perhaps on some people, mm. you know, in the womb. You know, that, my goodness, no one knows what's going on even before they're born. Mm. Imagine what type of person that would be as a child. Mm. You know, we see remnants of that when you hear about, you know, Buddha was born laughing or whatever. They're, you know, they're great, they're so-called great sages of our last few thousand years. Imagine to have a group of them and what they would have made, you know. And, and we, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm at awe at what we can see remnants around the world now. But, you know, they're, you know, it's, to be fair, it, you know, it, might, it might be like chewing gum wrappers today. You know, we you know that you know when I hear about and seen pictures and diagrams of stone circles made entirely out of crystal mm. up this way. Mm. You know, imagine that and around a giant volcano of Mount Warning, you know, a giant caledra, you know, a natural, you know, and and, and you've seen those massive crystals that have been found and underground in South America that are yeah. like. Yeah. As big as buildings, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. yeah, and just imagine what was taken out of the ground before it got pulverized, or some, you know, through nature and earthquake and, and war or whatever. My goodness, you know, but you know, we we would have thought that, you know, we would have gone back there. People say, oh, you know, you bring a Stone Age person here, they would have looked around and said, it's magic when they see our TVs. But I tell you, if you take one of our people and bring into the Stone Age and just make them all through a small village and even meet a human being back there, we would say that's magic. Mm. Absolutely, and I, I sort of I, the the story that I tell that you told me that I, that I think is quite funny that during your research, you, that guy that built the mock Stonehenge as a tourist attraction, when you questioned him about where he found the stones, he told you that they were already there. So he potentially took stones that probably were a Stonehenge, yeah, before to make they a it, to make a bloody Stonehenge. Yeah. And the funny thing is, <laughs> not the funny. I, I say funny. But um, there's a, if anyone knows this area, there's an area at the, um, the road that goes into Mullumbimby. Um, at the entrance of the road that comes, comes from Mullumbimby off the freeway, there's an area called Uncle Tom's, and it's named that after a, a roadside service station cafe that's been around since the 1930s. It's always been Uncle Tom's. Um, now, they're their standing stones. It's still, still there. Yeah. And I believe those standing stones, some were taken from the Australian Stone Hinge, and some were taken from other stone circles, and they've been placed there. And we, there's a lot. There's about, you know, I could track down maybe 300 standing stones around this area mm. that I believe have been taken away. But only recently, they're now re, they're, they're now doing construction work at that stone hinge. And I got a message. I've been getting lots of messages from different people telling me I could share with you amazing things, some good and some bad. But I got some messages from some people saying, "Hey, Richard, um, they're moving the stones from the stone stone hinge. They're taking them away. I mean, from this um, Uncle Tom." Uncle Tom's area. Mm. They're moving the stones today, and I went past it today, and I'm looking at the standing stones, you know, um, you know, and I drove past Stone Stone Hinge today. I looked at, it, I could see it from where I drove. I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? I see it. What does it mean? I'm talking about it with you. But I when um, I, I I then got did some follow up on what's happening to these stones that are meant to be taken away from Uncle Tom's, and some of them there said, are we going to private property? What are we going to do? And I thought, well, that private property, they're going to make a circle out of it eventually. You know, yeah. stones have a habit of lasting. And even if they get broken to a thousand pieces, someone's going to make it a, a, a mandala out of it, you know, out of sand, you know. 
those you know the urge the stones make the circles and we make the circles out of the stones it's yeah. a, they, 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 we're communicating with them here and now mm. 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 do you think it's um i mean so i suppose you know maybe we have a bit of a chat about um some of bruce fenton's work because i sort of I, I became more yeah. i suppose aware of of um yeah what, I, sure um, I, I, can I preface say that by saying that when you spoke earlier um, about how do we know and earlier that question about um, and we're saying about contemplating thoughts, I say that one way I know is I listen critically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listen to him. I've been listening to what he has to say critically. So um, and, and you know how I said about that care and respect. Um, I, I I'm happy to speak about him. But I'm, I, I might not give a brief overview of what I thought, but I'm happy to talk about specifics that he had to say. Yeah. I'm happy to tell you my critical response. So critical means I look at it critically. I'm not saying I've, I, I've, my answers are the answer. No, 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 um, no, no. This yeah. is this is this is you. You've looked at it from your perspective and the research yeah. you've done. And yeah. look, that's all we do here, mate. We're just exploring ideas, you know. I think so. I'm happy to explore my thoughts on what he had to say. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. What, yeah. And look, that's me too. Like I, it did. I suppose. I suppose for me, and we sort of avoided talking about it over the last couple of days while we we're organising this, so I didn't. Um, we didn't leave the conversation on the cutting room yeah, floor. Yeah, that's true. We uh, we kept off. We we love to talk. But yeah. we definitely we try to not talk about certain things so we could talk um, without any um, bias or yeah. any um, agenda. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I suppose for me, um, what I did like about a lot of his research is that he did have it wasn't completely esoteric. He did have some science to back it up and and, and at least some evidence to to shore up the. The, the theory that he was working with, um, and and you and you've been privileged enough to speak to the the, the lady that the download that he used as, as part of the basis of his research, um, which is basically you know we are from the Pallades, a million seven hundred eighty thousand years ago. Basically, that there was a an alien race that was trying to inhabit the Earth. Uh, there was a war. The ship crashed. Uh, it was a crystalline ship, and there's actually evidence of silica-based uh, chunks and bits and pieces that are found mainly in Australia, because that's actually the story. If you think about the old story, uh, we are come from the Pallades. The seven sisters landed here in Australia. The three brothers theoretically landed, and that's why Egypt has the Orion. And you know, there's that Pallades versus Orion uh, as far as the megalithic architecture goes. It is actually quite plain to see if you start to dig into some of that stuff there's a lot of evidence both ways um and I yeah think... the, 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 the Pleiades the concept of this reverence and this understanding that Pleiades has some connection directly to earth is so universal I can't discount it absolutely and look I mean and obviously we talk about Australia's Stonehenge part of that the of that that set of rocks was actually a mirror of the Pleiades wasn't it so yeah the seven sisters yeah that's right yeah yeah. Um, so look, there, there's obviously you can't deny that there's there's importance through. No, without addressing that, you're not you you you're not you're not giving a full account. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. And it's great. And 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 yeah. They, uh, listen to Bruce Fenton. There's a lot that I um, see meriting. Um, yeah. You know, he and he's definitely contributing to the law 
of it all. Absolutely. You know, and that, yeah. yeah, and he's done more than most could be called upon to do. Same with Valerie Burrows, yeah. you know, that he, he mentioned. You know, she's also done made with some radical contributions to our common knowledge. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, I think, and we need guys like that. I mean, we are, you know, own our own versions of that. You know, we're just trying to explore these ideas and yeah. and, and be open yeah. to the perspectives and. You know, and, and and even Bruce himself said during the podcast, he's like, when I looked into this stuff, I didn't expect to find anything. I was just following the trail that I was following. And sometimes I found stuff, sometimes I didn't find stuff, which is exactly how this stuff goes. Yeah, and he was very surprised to find a lot that, that more than he expected to find. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, more um, than he needed to find, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, the, yeah. you know, the tech type thing, I mean, I'm going to... I'm going to do a deep dive on some on the tectites. Um, I'm very fascinated about those uh, and the silica tectites. And I do wonder, um, you know, some of the stones that the strong boys have got. There is some silica compound, and I'm, I do wonder about those stones and what they're actually made out of, and whether or not yeah. they would uh, help corroborate some of that evidence. Like as you say, there's some very useful stuff that that, that um, Bruce had to say. Um, yeah, I hope he keeps on doing what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do I. I'm actually going to try and reach out to him, mate, because I think it'd, it'd be valuable to have his contribution if he was, you know, if he, if we could be privileged enough to have some of his time, um, you know, just to add to us. Because I mean, obviously, the work you're doing with Stonehenge, the work that I'm doing up at Gimpy, there's there's joinings there that would assist some of the things that he was talking about. Um, oh yeah, he, yeah. And you know, so I mean. How do we, with the, 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 the big chunk of evidence that he presented, um, how do we think about, you know, what do you think about the, because it, it's a crazy idea to our ears, because that, but that's only because of our conditioning, right? So what do you think about the tectites and the, and the spaceship and how that sort of came about? What's, what are, what's your thoughts on that? You know, whether before or against that sort of stuff. I, 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 I think he's moving in the right direction. I think that, um, but for me, I I always, I'm, I'm a simple man, so I prefer an answer that doesn't give me more questions. Mm -hmm. And he, many of his answers brought more questions to me rather than answers. Yeah, I I understand Um, that. Yeah. And and so that and that's not necessarily a bad thing, um, because it, it you know there might be a sim, simple answer to all those more questions. Um, I think I know the simple answer, <laughs> don't we all? Yeah, um, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all so, know the answer. Yeah, yeah, we all know the answer. Um, so I, I, yeah. So as an overview, he's he that 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 um, that um, theory that he has, I. I find just uh, it just brings to me more questions than it settles, to be honest with you. Yeah, oh, so, me too. Me too. But, but I still think it's in the arena of of, of you know it's still encapsulated. It's still part. You know, he's he's yeah, he's still coming. He's getting he's far close. He, he, you know, if he were a meteorite, he'd be coming very close to Earth on what he's doing. I feel. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He's close I to mean, the mark. I suppose for um, me, I suppose for me with this sort of stuff. Because I um, have spent so much time researching it, uh, I, I, I suppose I didn't put a label on it whether I think about it critically or not. 
But I suppose what I, how I measure it, and again, we must always say that this is just my perception and your perception. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily. If I, if I could wear a t-shirt that said, "My view is just one of several billion um, people," yeah. I would. You know, yeah, preface yeah, yeah. that. Everything I say is mine. There's seven billion people out there who could very well know much more than I do, even if they haven't read mm. anything. Mm. So, so that that being said, that we we, mm. we know that we know nothing, and no one knows nothing. Yeah. Uh, I look for sort of like it's sort of for me how I visualise it. It's like blips on a radar, right? I've read so much of this research now, um, and so much of it is not repetitive. However, there's 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 repeatable scientific material evidence that would satisfy a Western mind that continues to pop up, right? And the way the dates line up. And I suppose for me, I have big trouble with the dates because I don't think that we're accurate with our... I, I think we think we're accurate. However, I'm not sure that we are. That's my opinion on some of the carbon dating and all that. Um, and carbon dating isn't as accurate as we all think it is, uh, which I know you know as well. Um, however, it's it's the blips on the radar that, that, okay, I've read this over here, I've read this, I've read this, I've read this. Over those 20 articles, I've now come to the conclusion that taking these chunks and assimilating it and synthesizing the data, it's it's building... it For me, it's like building a jigsaw puzzle or, or like a join-the-dot picture. Um, and I think Bruce, Bruce Fenton's work does provide a few dots for me. You know, it, it does provide an understanding of, of bits and pieces. And... It's interesting how we talk about we're, we're more than willing to believe about a bearded man in the sky. However, that the the idea of that out of the billions and billions of stars that you know that habitable planets aren't that. Um, although in our galaxy there is literally hundreds of millions of them, on a grand scale they are pretty rare. And that the fact that a, a unique place like Earth would be a, a, a target or a for, for another civilization to create on is is a is a is a strange idea to us. However, what is our obsession with the stars, with the Pallades, with these star systems, with the common story, with the you know, the if you actually look into the story of, of a lot of religion, it's the same fucking story over and over again, just twisted a little bit. Um, and- I, I, I guess I, what I could say is that um, he there's so much Although I could, and I'm happy to do that, I'm happy to um, um, show a counter view on what, what Bruce has said, for example, that, you know, we agree on most things, okay? Well, I, you know, we, we, we agree more than we will disagree. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, from, and, you know, from my research and my life, and I won't go into what that all is all about, because that's just, you know, what is that? When does my ego come into that and stop? Um, but... In what I see, um, I what I'd agree with him on, on the bat is that the Pleiades mean something. What I'd agree with him is that history, and history, human beings, people, um, are much have been here far longer than than, than science tells us. Um, and it's and I do think you could stretch back hundreds of thousands of years, and I think um, seven hundred fifty thousand years is probably a nice figure. And I and how he's come to that um, is very sensible. Mm, mm. Um, and I. And I also believe that, uh, that, that, that we're not alone in the universe. Yeah. Um, um, 
so on those main points, which most people, um, so I guess mainstream science would disagree on, I, I agree with you. Yeah, me too. Um, so, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm in par with you on that. You know, if, there, if I had to take a side, I'd, and, and, and if I had to join, if there was only two sides, one was science and one was Bruce, I'd be on Bruce's side. I'd, you know, be a willing, a willing um, acolyte of him. Well, um, yeah, because it, it, is, it, is it is a very, and sensible is the word, I think. He, the, the, the way he presents the data is, there is a sensible he, approach. And sensible, if not more sensible than, than many scientists I know. Absolutely, um, and, that, and this is the, I mean, and he talks about that, and I, I, and I know you've experienced this as well, that the, the, the things that some people will get up and say, that if we said now, people would think we're crazy, but because they've got a PhD in front of their name, and they're wearing a tweed jacket, that the, the, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Even if you look at yeah. it from a layman's terms, the way they're trying to explain some of these megalithic sites, some of the evidence of cataclysm, you know, these things that uh, we can physically touch and see um, is borderline ridiculous. And a sensible mm. approach, like I know you, you're trying to be objective and, as you say, critical and, and trying to understand, like me. Like, I, I'm not that attached to, to any idea. I have my own thoughts. However, I'm happy to have those changed at any time with the, with the appropriate amount of evidence that's presented to me, you know? Mm. And... Well, I, I, I work, you know, um, Einstein, he, a lot of his, he, what he did was a lot of thought experiments where he really thought things through. And then when he imparted what he thought through, he used fairly simple um, analogies. Like he'd say a train goes this fast and you hold a torch, and, you know, try to explain, explain, explain theory of relativity. Yeah. Um, so he, but he came to a lot of his conclusions through thought experiments. So he didn't, he wasn't as, as learned was academic as most young physicists were back then. You know, he was a bit of a rat bag. Um, but he was very good at his thought experiments. You know, he'd come to what is a logical conclusion, what is a sensible, you know, outcome. Mm. And, and 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 that helped him in the day and helped, you know, people before the whole quantum mechanics has come through. Mm. Um, you know, and and I, and I see I can see how Bruce has made thought experiments. Mm. And I see how he said, okay, this and this. So what is the most simple explanation, the explanation that's most, you know, that, that really embraces these anomalies, doesn't discard them? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, mate. Uh, but my thought experience, you know, you know, independently, I've come up with a different idea of, that explains what he has to say. Um, so, and I suppose, so I suppose what... Yeah. So, so leaving Bruce's work to the side, um, I think we can both agree it's very valuable. And as you say, it we, is. We, we'd both be on Team Bruce if, if that was how we had to yeah. choose it. What, what, yeah. is, what is your... Through, so through your research, you've been down this rabbit hole. This was sort of... once you This was the next deep dive you did into this sort of stuff. And you, I know, you, you, as you say, you play a lot of thought experiments. Do you think... Because, I mean, one of the conversations we had, uh, did a podcast on, we did, I called it Postulations of Ancient Mysteries, and we talked about Paracas skulls, and we talked about Denisovans, and we talked about um, Antarctica and, and bits and pieces. And the fact that there's so many versions of hominid that have actually existed on this planet seemingly at the same time, if you, if you look at the timelines. Um, yet here we are, we ended up on top of the heap, um, you know, as it would, you know, dipping into some of Bruce's work, the genetic 
modifications that seem to have been made to our genome to make us the the existing human on this planet um, or existing hominid dominant hominid on this planet do you think we had help do you i mean i suppose too i i want to preface this that i i had i did a bit of a light dive into darwin and i dove deep enough to realize that he only ever went to south america and that's it and then basically wrote a paper and then that was a lot of what science was based on um he never truly traveled the world to to figure out and you know his theory if you actually read his papers is so easy to pull apart it's it's ridiculous yet it's still the mainstream well one of the mainstream theories so where did we come from what what in your thought experiments how do you understand it okay okay um i i i might have to refer to bruce on this um a little bit um just to give some something beyond me um Okay, so Bruce, when I've heard him speak, he said that he's talking. He's, he's made some. He talks about the DNA, and he talks about how um, we have certain attributes as human beings that don't seem to make sense in a, to the way the DNA should have turned out. Um, yeah. You know, there are things that are just the mutation, natural selection, mutation just can't have can't have caused what we are. Mm. Um, so it's almost as if we're engineered. Okay, yeah. is how he puts it. And, but then at the same time, he, and I, it's funny because I don't see how he consolidates it, but then he talks about errors in us. You know, he talks about how um, childbirth, you know, uh, there's a lot of infant mortality. You know, we, we're not, we, we're not born, we're, a lot of us die when born more than we should be. So if there's engineering, there's also errors in there. Mm-hmm. He says there are errors in there. And he doesn't put it down to um, their good traits that we have yet to realize. He actually says, well, these are probably just errors. So he, and he says that we, the engineering was by something, you know, that he postulates with some sort of um, almost godlike beings with their, with the powers that they had through science or whatever mm. to have made that happen. Um, so he's based, he, he pretty much says that these godlike um, beings that are with almost with superhuman, almost magical sort of powers mm. engineered us into being these, into people that we are today, um, and beyond the the other um, the other um, creatures, you know, monkeys and apes and, and other um, two-legged animals, mm. and but at the same time that we they, they made mistakes, mm. you know, engineered these errors. There were these errors in the engineering, and he says the errors show also that there was engineering in a sense. But I but I think that he's placing on to the in he's sort of in a sense profiling the these beings that did this and in that profile that he's superimposing upon them or, or assuming he gives them a lot of human traits yeah. he gives them the traits of you know they make mistakes they you know and as valerie barrows would say they they, they go to war mm. um they, they do very almost um, well, i suppose to, to they, back up to back up that story is yeah. theoretically so that theoretically there was a ship that was and there was a bunch of people, and they, they or a bunch of beings, I suppose. See, I use the term people, isn't language interesting? Uh, however, a bunch of beings that were here to either assimilate with the hominids of the planet or to adapt themselves because they came from a place where their atmosphere was different, um, yet they had high intelligence, uh, theoretically silica-based intelligence, which is the tektites, that are found 780,000 years ago. 
um, in different forms of crystal. And the fact that the survivors of that used whatever they had left to transmit their consciousness and then, um, you know, as you say, engineer us, you know, and, and theoretically yeah. that the, there is still knowledge left in the stones. Okay. And, and I suppose for me from that, one of the blips on my radar is that I went to the strong boys conference and I've sat in their circles of stones and I had actually had a very profound experience in that, in that stone, another stone circle. Um, and, so there is some, for me, some credence to that, mainly because of the experience I had with those stones. Um, mm. Yeah, but it's but interesting. It's see, interesting. See, what I what I don't do, and I, um, it's just a personal choice. It's not something that I, everyone, no one, needs, I'm not saying this is something people need to do, but I I make a point. Even as you can see, as I'm talking to you, I do not bring in personal experience i do not say download i do not mm. talk about my ayahuasca trip or my dmt trip or my acid trip i don't and i'm not that i haven't done that and he hadn't had pretty profound personal experiences realizations but when i've had them i guess it's because uh, maybe my background in philosophy you know that's where i studied mm. and maybe the fact that i've had to be a teacher and i had to back up what i say i've always refrained from imparting anything i know based on a personal experience mm -hmm. so you know like as because i can't replicate that i can't you say you know try that yourself because that person will have their own personal experience so yeah. Yeah. I, I i i can see why valerie explained that you know she had a download and i can see why um bruce said said look i had arawashka and that set me on the path and and i understand that but i i've never when i talk to people ever um given an authority to my voice on an experience I've had only because I, I, they, it, it, it becomes when it's, it becomes faith. Mm -hmm. They've got to believe that. And I rather people, I don't, I, yeah, I'd rather people come to their own idea. But I suppose, um, so, I mean, I don't, cause I mean, I suppose to sort of like, the, the DMT trip that I experienced, um, although there's no way I could explain it to anyone, and anyone, any time that anyone's asked me, I say, look, I can't tell you what happened because I can't, there's no way to communicate to you what happened. Mm, um, totally understand. However, totally understand. However, at the same time, in my life, there's before I had it and then there's after I had it. Like, that's how profound of an experience it was for me. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, and the, and the reason that I'm here talking to you now, I do actually truly believe was part of that experience because that what mm. the, the the things that I came out with from that experience. Oh um, yeah, totally. I'm I totally see where you are on that. And um, part of me thinks I'm I'm so radically altered by it. I maybe shouldn't have done it, but, <laughs> I'm, but I'm very happy to be who I am. Yeah. You know, I just will never know the other me, what that could have been. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I never thought about it like that. That's an interesting perspective. <laughs> and, 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 but I'm sure I know my DMT experience is very much similar to the way I speak about Bruce Hinton. He's on the right side of the fence, you know what I mean? Yeah. My DMT experience wasn't what I, I purposely didn't read any literature about DMT. I, you know, you know, I, I know Graham Hancock and that lot and I, 
and and I know they've done they've done a lot of writing on it, and I purposely didn't read that because I wanted to be as pure as I could mm. on what I would see. And you know, after I went through what I went through and felt and saw and heard and all the other senses, then I read the literature, and yep, yeah, it was pretty much what I you know it was in the same ballpark, mm. you know. Um, so you know, obviously there's something there just like the standing stones are there in a way and the glyphs are there in a way there is some message being conveyed in its forms so i'm not discounting it i just because i can't have someone replicate it the way i have and i can't say go check it out yourself i yeah but back back to the okay so back to the what we're talking about the hominoid concept what was going on this is okay just this is how i to me I've heard Bruce Fenton's explanation. I've heard lots of explanations, and my explanation is this. Um, I'll try to keep it simple. The and this is through the thought experiments and through all the things I've experienced. And I'm, but I'm not saying DMT, even though sure it's part of it. You know, <laughs> I, you know, if you ask me how I came to this, apart from my thought experiments, I can give you examples. Yeah, I can give you evidence. I guess is too. And there's that word evidence. You know, what's yeah. that? But I could tell you. You know, I could yeah. give people things to visit and things to look at but um okay so the i i i think the simplest explanation okay so earth is is very unusual in how boring it is in how it's made up the the solar system we're in is very unusual in how plain it is the fact we only have one sun is very very unusual Mm, you know mm, most mm. stars just don't look at any star in the sky and if you go to it zoomed in it's there or two sometimes four sometimes eight you know to have one star um, we even know for the solar system to have one moon is just bizarre. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, well, the, moon, we, the moon's the moon's another podcast, Richard. Let's not get started on the moon. Okay, and 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 yeah, and the fact that the moon um, matches the sun in size when we see it, which helps us prove the theory of relativity and help, you know, and the fact that we have such a simple season. You know, mm. we only have one sun means only a very simple season and calendar. Mm. Imagine having a calendar, a prayer calendar, a religious calendar, any sort of calendar with four suns, you yeah. know, and, and different <laughs> seasons. It, it'd be hideous, you know, if, if you have more than three variables in anything, like if you have three balls bouncing in a box, a computer starts to lose track of where the fifth bounce is going to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to yeah. start. You're going to start to wig out if you try and keep control of all of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah and try to calculate that and predict how you're going to run around that. Where it's eerily bizarre how simple things are here, and it to even, me the even, only even if, even if you went even further than that, Richard, you know, like where Jupiter sits and the fact that Jupiter basically takes all the big stones and spits and spins yeah, them around. Yeah, yeah, the way it works as a mechanism. Yeah, and like know. it's it, if our solar system, if it was, you know, a hundred meters out either way, would be completely different. But it's not. It's absolutely perfect, as you say. The moon yeah. matches the sun in the sky, yeah. which is yeah, we'd fry. You know, we'd you know, if the Earth, I heard the Earth is a foot bigger. You know, there's you know, we see what happens if the water level goes up, if the temperature changes one degree. You know, mm. how how you know the glaciers melt and and, and we end up with, with with crocodiles in the Brisbane rivers. You know, yeah. the and that's just a degree. So if you look at all that, see, Bruce says we're engineered. Couldn't you say the entire solar system's engineered? Well, yeah, and he that's doesn't an say, interesting question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't say that. So he seems to be, you know, he says Valerie Burrow, you know, they can make a movie out of what she has to say. Mm. Imagine the movie if the whole solar system, mm. to the point where you say, Richard, where, you know, everything is all in this beautiful paradise and, you know, pattern. And, and of course, they, a, is it a blind watchmaker? And that's where people say God must have done it because the universe could not have created that. The thing is, though, and as we said before, it's not just, you know, I did, I, I, 
I won't go into the hideous mouths and mathematics I had to bore myself with to get to this, but it's not just that there's one grain of sand for every star out there in our in our in our universe. From what we know of the seeable, measurable universe, okay, we're only looking at a small patch, perhaps. But even even in what we know of the universe, if we map it out, it's actually a hundred times more stars out there than one than the grains of sand on the Earth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when so when we go to that inconceivable amount of numbers, yeah. that even though the our universe, our solar system is such a bizarrely constructed seemingly thing, if there was a if there was a civilization and that civilization that was be that had enough region of, of the universe to be at and get to, they would find they're bound to find Earth. Okay, they're down to find a, a solar system that's just right, and not just one. Probably a hundred, maybe a thousand, maybe ten thousand. Well, I think, okay? I think the latest the latest numbers out of NASA, and we, we can always question numbers. I think there's a hundred and ten. Mm. They reckon they found at least a hundred and ten million planets. Uh, could be billion. I'll say million. We'll, we'll err on the side of caution. Uh, yeah. that are in the Goldilocks zone within our galaxy alone. A lot of those are binary stars. Yeah, Um, that's the thing. So, see, scientists will stumble upon them. They've found found, um, singular stars that have a planet, and they've found single stars that have planets. They still haven't found the star that's just like ours, where it's just that beautiful Goldilocks zone with the one moon, so that there could be a civilization that could get a solar calendar happening and start to actually measure things to get it to understand where they sit and mm. start to invent the wheel and get a fire going without a, a blizzard or whatever. They're, but the chances are, because there's so many, you could that you could if you drive in a spaceship long enough, you're going to find another Earth. And a solar system that is this hotspot of potential, not just to have life exist, but have life to make a civilization. Not just have a civilization, but have a civilization that can leave itself mm. and go out and about. Mm. So I, I believe there's only one explanation for me for why there's so many stars. There's this intrinsic feeling that we're drawn to the stars. There's yeah. this thing about Pleiades. There's yeah. this thing about this almost engineered us, an engineered solar system that even Bruce doesn't even get dare go to and the only explanation to me is that we were we were not that and and i'll go quickly to us to a thing you you meet someone who's got a dog and it's a dog and it's not human at all really Mm. apart from a bit of dna sharing apparently and but you that you talk to that owner and that owner will say that's a that that's not just an animal that's an entity that's a being that's got feelings that's almost human and we look at a primate a monkey and how and we think that's almost human okay take away so, 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 take away humans from that, it, it, and, and say humans didn't exist, homo, there would still be hominoids on Earth. If you took away the humans, evolution would still produce hominoids. You know, the, yeah, well, take away the people well, we that's, are. That's what I think. It's like uh, I think the the research suggested like eight or nine of, of, of actual DNA evidence we have of different types of hominids. Yeah, and. and, and, and yeah. And, and, and and you could and, and they'll probably find a lot more. There's well, that's the thing. More. I think I, you know, the, and one of the things that has come to me as well, Richard, is that some of this evidence that we hang our hat on is so thin. Like, mm. I think some of these hominids, we've got a, a little pinky bone and a section of jaw, and that's yeah. it. 
and now I that's see. a different section of human. It's like, hey, that's really thin. So we have nothing yeah, else and, apart and from Yeah, and you that. go to a museum and there'll be a, a, one of those hominoids, you know, they've reconstructed it and they've got the hair and they're making it, they're carrying a baby on their back and they're eight foot, and yeah. they, they're and they like eight. no idea eight, that's actually what they look no like. idea what they look like, you yeah. know. We don't even know what, you know, they've got the fur and they're all brown, you know. Yeah. Where do they come up with this from a pinky bone? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's it, it's like it's 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 like you go to a cathedral and there's beautiful stained glasses of all the saints and all the miracles and so like, and the, and the Noah's Ark and you know they've done that from where do they make where do they you know science does the same thing you know mm. I, I was at the British Museum looking at all the dinosaurs and then I asked around I said actually none of the bones are real they're all just plastic and we just you know where are the real bones well that one in a case and well there's just a rotted piece of thing that looks like a, a piece of meatloaf but from that suddenly you can see this huge dinosaur you know things are being created just as you know creativity opinions in all the facts that mm. scientists throw at us but but for me the only this is my explanation I believe. That there was a, uh, a, a there was a, a civilization that was interstellar, and when I say interstellar, I'm not just saying Pleiades. I'm saying much further. Yeah. I'm saying the Pleiades was like the nearest one that was maybe a, a hub. Okay, yeah, that, that's, and that, 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 and that's something that's been echoed a few times, mate. The fact that we the Pleiades may not be a the be the, the center. That's just that, but but that, that's a good that's a good stop off point or a good bounce point through the wormhole or however you want to. Yeah, how you want to do the dimensions or everyone to take how big the civilization. But I believe this civilization was very, very advanced. And when I look at advanced, when we look at how we're advancing, um, and we look at the end point of advancement, you know, you get to things like Dyson Sears where they basically break up planets and they could engineer entire solar systems. But there's also advancements in nanotechnology. And and the thing about nanotechnology is that if at all if we if we're all nanotech and we all switched off, all the nanotech switched off for one reason or another, mm. everything would disappear. It would just be dust on the ground. We'd just mm. be on a pile of dust. Yeah. But but when it's on, it's like a virtual reality. It's perfect. You know, it's it's it it works as it as a as a when it, when the when the computer program when the quartz is is cycling, mm. and so I believe there was a, the only explanation for us for me it is it explains why we are errored because when we we, we don't work well on Earth. Is human. We're great on Earth, but we're, there's things that we don't. It's like we're not really. It's like we're visiting it's in, in the fact that we uh, that the, the infant mortality, in the fact that we've got these errors, in the fact that we seem divorced from the other primates, the other hominids. You know, mm. where we where what I'm saying is, we we but we share a DNA, but the DNA is the same. Of you know, we share the day, same DNA. You know, if you look at some of the sequence with with a gum tree. You know, we Absolutely, have yeah, any, exactly, any organic yeah. matter. Yeah. You know, the, if it's organic, we're going to share DNA. Mm. So I believe these, this civilization was was hominid, was super advanced, was people-like, okay, um, but but in their own cellular structure was was cared for by machinery, by yeah. quartz, by nanotechnology. And I think it simply just switched off once. I think when it switched off, that... We ended up with, 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 with so you basically to to, to I'll try, see when it's running they're on Earth and they chose Earth because it was a perfect place. But because space is so big, there's thousands of perfect places. So you had places where they inhabited, and human uh, us who we are now are their remnants. They inhabited here. I don't believe they engineered. I don't believe they had our our 1950s Cold War concept of war. And they crashed, and there was this brutal thing that, to me, stinks to me of 
the paradigm we're in now, it's not a paradigm. I don't think a high tech civilization will be encompassing. I think to, I don't, I, I, I truly feel that if you get to the point where you've got stellar starcraft and teleportation and you can travel anywhere and you've got nanotechnology and you've got the ultimate, from ultimate, you know, the nadir of civilization that they would carry with them hatred and bigotry and they're better than us and we're going to blow them out of the sky and we're going to crash into the planet and, we, and we're going to engineer the, the primates and morph them into and we're going to tamper with nature. I don't think they, I think they would have discarded those concepts. So I believe they were, in a sense, a holy, sacred race, mm. like the, the holy men. And, and I believe the proof is in the putting of the holy men that were left over from that, the, the, the sacred men, the, the original people that had the messages. And because if, they, if, it's, if we had the remnants now, where, where, where did that come from? Where is that? And that sense that we come from heaven, that we come from something, that there's, and the sense that there's freedom and ideals, why do we carry these ideals? We don't see them in our real world if it's corrupt. You know, so and we try to envision there must be for something after when not that there was something before. But I believe that if you had an interstellar civilization that had chosen to live here, because and they didn't morph it, they didn't build anything here to make it perfect. They just were big enough, and there was enough stars to find it. So they came here because it was a perfect paradise, and there and there was one of many perfect paradises throughout the universe. But it all switched off, and that's why I think. We have this sense that the planes mean something and that there's life on other planets and there must be, but it also explains why we don't see the spaceships land yeah. because they're at the same... They're, even if they're 10,000 years more advanced than we are, they're so far away because it's so rare to get this one star, one planet. So And, and, and potentially, light. I suppose, too, mate, they're subject to their own existence as well. They're subject to their own... Whatever being they are, the, they, they are subject to their own ups and downs of whatever existence they have. You know, they, yeah. They, they may not be uh, that advanced anymore. Yeah, any any number not, of yeah. cataclysms yeah. could have happened to their yeah. home world. To their exactly, experience. they might have died out, or they might be in Stone Age still, or whatever. And even though that's not a bad thing, mm. it could have been a miracle. They might be happy, tranquil, and just stay with the stones, you know. Yeah. But there might also be some that have already got their hyperspacecraft and can move from star to star within a few minutes. But they would still be so vastly away that we're not going to see them for another 10,000 years. But it doesn't mean they don't get the sense and they don't know the story and that hasn't been part of through the glyphs that they've decided to maybe communicate with us. And I think one evidence, and, and, I, I, and this is just my thought, is when we get crop circles, it's strange how crop circles look like stone circles here. Yeah. And I think that the stone circles, some of those stone circles, have been designed to send punctured data through space mm. to imprint on the planet. And, and there's nothing better. What better tapestry can you have if you're going to have to touch something fragile? It's the, it's the vacuole sacs in, in plants in a, on, a, on a piece of straw. And they break that through the impact of data. And those cross circles we're seeing, the ones that aren't man-made and hoaxes, those ones, I think, are messages like this. And they're saying something. They're saying, like we sent the record out, we can't help but, like, Charles Sagan, got, you know, NASA sent the gold record out. We can't help but say, hey, look at us. We're here. Yeah. Come and see us. And I think they're doing the same thing. And they're trying different methods. And how do we know that Stonehenge in England didn't send a burst of a pattern that caused a crop circle in on a far distant planet? Yeah. And even it's just random direction. It's soon or later going to hit that perfect planet, you know, because space is so big. And there could be a trillion of these perfect planets, but base is so hugely like mm. Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide so it's mind-bogglingly big. Yeah, and... thing, like how I how I blow people's mind about the universe. It's like so the observable universe that we observe have observed is infinite. However, what's past that is yeah. also infinite, and what's yeah. past that 
is it, it yeah. actually never it's, ever, and ever even if, ends exactly like, and, it, and even if it's not infinite it's functionally infinite it's yeah. operationally infinite yeah. it's in the it's it, it, in the beans you know even if they had the fastest of craft and they flew as fast as they could on the highest technology they uh, before, before they get it in the universe it's already going to become all black holes you know it's, yeah. they're never really going to reach the end so what is the point of even saying infinite in, in the functional sense it's mm. infinite mm. so so to me, it, what, ex, what explains the fact that we can't even look at the sun. You know, we, we evolved arms and legs and this huge brain and we can't even look at the sun without showing our eyes, yet it's the most obvious thing we need to navigate or fall off, or off a cliff. Mm. You know, it doesn't make sense that we, it, it's like we're visitors. We're not evolved to even, send, we don't, we, when we're here, our children die at birth. You know, we're not, uh, we're, we're in, in the perfect paradigm of when they were here, when they had the nanotech, and they might have had fusion reactors in every cell, feeding them, empowering them, helping them turn to dust and teleport, and you know, turn to vapor and move and reconsolidate. And they only ate because perhaps they only for fun, not because they needed to, because they were self-empowered. They didn't know pain. They didn't know aging. You know, I believe one thing. I believe that there was this intergalactic, and I use galactic, interuniversal perhaps civilization. Mm. But I also believe that. It's a terror in itself. Imagine if imagine we were together, you and me, Bruce, and we said we can press a button that means we're immortal, and we're constantly fed by nuclear reactors that are microscopic within every cell. We're never going to feel pain. We're never going to die. Imagine pressing that button. What horror are you going to put yourself into? Because once you press that button, you can't unpress it. Yeah. Because why would you ever go back? And you're no longer human in the sense because humans are fear and tears. How could you not be human? There's only one way you can maintain humanity, which is the fear fear of death which actually makes us care about each other that it makes the tears come yeah. there's only one way we can do that and i fear think and I tears listen, is an excellent fear and tears is an excellent way to describe the human and existence. you know and people say when you get to heaven god will wipe away my tears i don't want god to wipe my tears i don't want to not be able to cry when i you know even at my thoughts of the people who've died before us even if i am in heaven and i think those beings were so wise and this is what i postulate and this is no evidence i've got no i can prove it apart from my natural concept is this i think they did two things i think they switched the button on when they to totally go nanotech totally in a sense be morphed into a cyborg but in a sense so they look human but they're not because they've got these things where they don't age and they don't have wants and needs and desires and like sex and all the things we have that drive us because they're all going to be replicated mm. but i think they did this i think this is the only way out to keep them and I say, when I say human, I say human in their version, you know, but, but connected to reality, connected to love, connected to the loss, connected to death and, mortal, and, the, and their past and people before them, their ancestors, and the reverence to them was this. We'll switch on the nanotech, but we're going to put a fail safe. And the fail safe is it's going to switch off. And we're going to have it so it's going to switch off randomly. It could switch off in a second, could switch off in a billion years, but it's going to switch off. Mm. And so every day that they were nanotech and lived in that bliss and that paradise, they relished and enjoyed and saw it as a state of grace. And they loved every second of it, knowing it could end at any moment. Mm. And I think what happened is it did end. And then they fell. They fell from the skies. And most of them would have died instantly because, and the only ones who would have survived is exactly what we see on Earth, a scattering where it seems evenly spread, where mm. across the Earth you see these stones being mm. built. Because I think when it switched off here on Earth and in every other perfect place that was there are trillions of years of power up, because they took the bulk of time to get to the perfect solar system, like that does what Jupiter does. It has this beautiful, you know, ecosystem, this way of rejuvenating itself, recycling itself, and keep yet at the same time doing it so harmonically that we can survive and we can prosper, mm. and we can do it with one 
um, simple concepts like one moon. I think with they when it switched off and the very few survived and didn't go mad and insane through the fact I'm feeling hunger, I'm feeling pain, I'm feeling disease. I'm my God, that paradise we had is now a dream. It's now rot. It's now powder. We look at the Aboriginals who paint ochre on their face. You know the indigenous people would do that and i think it was like the first thing they thought was my god this is going to become a dream we're going to think this was heaven when they yeah. lose and and i think they, they're very they, the idea of physics their sciences they knew inherently through themselves through their existence for perhaps a thousand years or one second or trillion years and when that switched off they did the first sensible thing which is said my god we've got to remember this give me that rock because i know i'm going to die and i know everything goes away but i'm going to hold this rock i'm going to paint this glyph instructions and these instructions say there are others out there they're you're not alone don't be that much in fear yeah. there's hope they yeah. can come it might not be your planet that does it but it's one day another planet's going to come to you mm. and also i think they you know they they did what they do which is they try to engineer and i think that all the symbols and all the stones and the reason they're in complex circles isn't just a punch of data away that seems a packet that causes some plants to die without or whatever it is so they can get a pattern and did message you know, each other. Did you know with those crop circles, mate, just before we, we, we move on from that? Yeah. That there, I, and this is, I've, this is, I've done very little research. It's, it's on the list. That there was a, There's an Italian guy that started to identify some of these crop circles as, like you say, data sets and has actually been building some magnetic motors based on designs from crop circles that actually function. Yeah, um, yeah, they are. Yeah, and they be and they. Yeah, and I exactly. And I think each, these crop circles would give that info. I think the stone hinges, the hinges all around the world, would give that info. Mm. And I think all the stone hinges in totality around the world would link up into another device. I think they, the Stone Age man created devices, mm. instructions mm. that are relevant to us. And, and, and I, I touched on it on my talks where I look at the Stonehenge, Australia Stonehenge, and I say, look, you've got this circle and you've got this cross thing, and it's basically representation of a Taurus. And then we look at what, what they're doing where they're trying to create fusion reactors, which are basically Tauruses, you know, mm. create mini suns. Mm. So then the science, the most cutting-edge science of today is now mimicking what Stonehenge, uh, Stone Age original people were doing. Mm. And... and I think there were, and I think what I've come up with with my thought experience, I got that through my tracing around the globe and going to sites around the globe and going through archives and around the world. But I think Stone Age original people, after the fall, through thought experiments, through their, through looking at nature and the fractals of the fern, could also down there the wise ones, and I'm wise because I've been kicked into knowing what I know but them through their own volition got to that and I think when we look at the sacred secret orders and we talk about the you know all those templars and all that stuff I think there were people clinging to the knowledge of that and they're hiding it from us and the reason they're hiding from us from the common man and they didn't think we're ready to know mm. is because it and it brings up some big things that tops stops the status quo the status quo why, we don't need to follow the powers that be no. if the power's out in space. Yeah. We don't need to, you know, there's that freedom, that independence, you know, the answer, yes, there is life out there. Oh, why? You know, I think a lot of the fears, and I and I look at, and, and I, I'm not, I, and I'm, if I can touch on Bruce Fenton, okay, firstly, I like the guy. I haven't met him, but I'd love to meet him, okay? No problems with that. I would, I would sooner have a beer with him than I'd want to talk Stonehenge with him. You know, just get yeah. to know him as a human. Yeah. Okay. But I see the language he's using and 
And what I liked about him is it was the softest version of what I've seen in that language. But I've seen too many people that I know in the pseudo-archaeological realms, in the spiritual realms, and in the scientific realms, where it begins with saying there was a cataclysm, and that cataclysm was done through violence. And my cataclysm story is not done through violence, it was done through wisdom. Mm. And mm. and in their story, it becomes it then goes to you know what there there are people who can reincarnate who would convert themselves and all there are people who get who who have downloaded information and then it becomes a select few and once we're special the rest are not special and once we start to move to that thing we're pretty much mimicking you know we're seeing where the left the left side now seems to be following the right side in how the black lives matter or in covid where we start to see this weird thing where the same actions of the right wing seem to be collecting the left wing and the yeah. right seems to be buttering the left i begin to worry where when we and I, I i normally we keep quiet but when us who are meant to be the counterculture are meant to be going against the, the paradigm of, of control are now weaving into our lexicon the same words but in well, the same ideas yeah. that we're special yeah. and we're select and i've seen that when i've taught at jewish schools where there's the there where the rest of us are just decoration because they're the chosen race and once we start to be choosing ourselves and choosing, mm. that's a really dangerous thing to do because it goes somewhere really scary. Mm. And I and, and and I'm and with my version, we're not the best and we're not the worst. And the answer could come from us. Mm. The potential to recreate that paradise and is 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 viable to you and you in your room. That you know, you could literally in your own mechanisms of your body create that nano whether it's a thought whether yeah. it's a real thing we are well, all, all the buddha is the and muse, i really like is, that way is the muse is the 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 ideas that come out of the universe because literally everything's just an idea that's another concept that people yeah. don't like to think about but the but, ideas are so powerful um and ideas it's more powerful than concrete absolutely. almost as powerful as stones well i mean an idea beget concrete didn't it Someone yeah exactly concrete, you know so it's like and I suppose that probably moves on to the last, you know, you've sort of started the, the, the last part of stuff. We sort of had a rough idea of what we wanted to talk about tonight, mate, is that it seems to be that, I mean, there is, there's, there's 80, 90 year old people that haven't experienced what we've currently experienced in 2020. Like oh yeah. In the, in the human history books, there will be a mark next to 2020. Okay. You yep. know, the, 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 I suppose, and I imagine every generation thinks this, Richard. I think I imagine every generation thinks that they're the chosen generation, the and, and something's going to happen, and there's going to be a yeah. paradigm shift. However, we're actually truly in the middle of it right now, and it, and it seems like it is um, prophetic times. You know, I think you, you you look at some of these, and we go back to the stones, right? You know, there's there's an interpretation of. Pillar 43 at Gobekli Tepe that I did a podcast on a little while ago, that that is essentially a star map and that it matches four dates, 18,000 years ago, 12,800 years ago, which we know is the time of the, the cataclysm, the Younger Dryas boundary, uh, yep. 4,000 years ago, which is basically the fall of Egypt and the rise of Rome or in, in around there somewhere, and today, mate, right? Yep. So it's like... You know, there's there's an interpretation of the Mayan calendar that basically says we're at the end of a cycle, and that cycles between 1960 and 2040. And the, and the message is to look to the sky. You know, there's all these different things that yeah. again, well, he, dots I, I, that are joined. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. 
I, I, I remember one young man who came to my Stonehenge talk, and he and I met, I bumped into him just randomly, somewhere at supermarket, I think it was. But I just, I didn't even know him. But I, 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 I forgot who he is. But I, he came to my talk, and he, and when I saw him, I said, he, 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 he's, oh, hi, Richard. And I was like, hi. And then he said. And he said, he said, look, I have to confess I'm a bit upset. And I said, what? And I was like, oh, do I say something wrong? You know, because I'm talking about indigenous stuff and I don't know the right terms. And he said, no, no. He said, I was really hoping when I came to your talk that it would be real because I'd heard about Australian Stonehenge and I really hoped it would be real. But coming out of your talk, I'm, I'm worried that it is real now because now I've got this responsibility. Mm. I, I didn't, you know, and if we're the chosen, my God, we've got a responsibility. And, you know, because we've got a responsibility to ourselves, to those who come before and those who come after. It's a big responsibility. Mm. And, and, and you know, when the, um, the apocalypse occurs, which is revelation, when revelation occurs, it's going to be known, you know, it says in the Bible, and in that sense, I think it's right, the concept of revelation, the, un, the, the unveiling, the knowing, is it's going to be known from east to west and west to east instantly. Mm. And I, I, I don't put a date on it. Know, I know too many people who have always put a date. And I always see when they say that something's going to happen, the UFOs are going to come or whatever it may be, that they seem to always be just enough time in advance where they can sell their tickets and just long enough where people can forget to accuse them of what well, it didn't happen. So I'm going to not put a date on it. Yeah. But I will say that I'm... We, we, one thing about millennials, we do seem to love millennials. We do measure ourselves in millennials and we continue to do that. We've had the first millennial and back then they sold property, you know, p- people gave away land thinking, well, Jesus is going to come back. It's all going to, that's the end of it. Same, we had the 2AK and people were recording toilet paper in, you know, 1999 at the last minute as well. And I remember those days when everyone was talking about the apocalypse and I was the only one not thinking, well, if I'm wrong, we're all dead. If I'm right, I've got something to look forward to and I've made plans. (laughs) But, but, but in, in the year 3000, it will not be 2000. In the year 3000, if, Mankind continues, human beings, oh, sorry, won't continue if I keep on using mankind, but humans, the people continue, the original all of us, or how original are we if we're just one, but whatever we are, if we continue in the year 3000, it won't be just Earth, it'll be a lot of star systems. Mm. And when they want to look at their at, at epochs of history, when they want to study, it's going to be the year 2000, because it's the only time we're on the one planet, the one moon, where we're one people on one planet. Yeah. With civilization, with one form of communication, with the internet, with the computer, that 2IK, with that. Yeah. So they're going to look at us. The future is going to look at us. And if the, if, if the past is like the present, people like to talk about the dinosaurs. They go, oh, well, we could die out because the dinosaurs will die out. They did die out, but they lived for something like 60 million years. I was actually, I think, I, think think it's, I think it's 130 yeah, or something. Yeah, 100, thank you. It, yeah. Millions, hundreds, you know, a lot of time before they died out. And everyone says, well, we could go at any moment. Well, no, they teach us we could hang around for millions of years. So just assume it's only 1,000 years. In that time when there's, say, trillions of people in the star system back close to what we were, regaining what we were, or maybe faster because we just seem to be going through this paradigm shift. That that we, there'll be planets devoted to every one of us to study. We, the, you know, people, we if they're like us, as I think they will be, they're going to want to know. They're always going to be curious beings. So people say, oh, I'm worried about CTV. I'm worried about getting my chip in my hand. I'm worried about people watching me now. Trust me, there's going to be so many people in the future watching all of this, and they're going to have the technology to replicate our lives every moment. So everyone's, you know, people in the olden days say this fear, God's watching us. I say people today should be in the fear that your ancestors are going to watch you and judge you. 
And they're going to judge you nicely because they're going to be more advanced, but they're going to be watching you. Mm. We should live like we're being watched now, and mm. we should watch what we do and watch ourselves. Mm. And, and like I talk to you, and I can talk to you knowing I'm, other people are going to hear me, because, and I didn't, I'm not taking too many deep breaths before I talk to you because I live my life like I'm being viewed. Yeah. You know, and, and by doing that, I, and I did that, and I, by doing that, I try to be a good person because I didn't want people to think I'm a bad person. But mm. I, you know what? I found that good was smart. And then later on, I found that good is all I want to be. Yeah. And that, I, I think I, we're yeah, all going to get to that. That's another one. I think another one of the, you know, I mean, everyone in the instant gratification world, mate, I've been asked like at least a hundred times now, what's my takeaway? How do I, how do I conceptualize, you know, over a hundred and something episodes of a podcast over five years, over deep dive into mental men's mental health and all the things right what's the takeaway you know what what's the piece of enlightenment you can give me um and and one of them is that being friendly and and being nice to people and, and actually giving someone the time of day uh it's not always going to work out because that's life however that's the better way to go because that's a positive energy, right? Everything's energy. And if you want to be negative and you want to get stuck into stupid stuff like color and religion and creed and all the, all the things that try to attempt that are again, attempting to divide us as we sit here and have this conversation, uh, there's no real point to that. And, And if everyone, it's a simple thing, but the simple things are the most profound. It's like, why can't everyone just be cool? Because that's actually the way forward. Um, mm. you know, as you say, the all we need is love, mate, to quote the Beatles, you know, like that. Yeah, we do. Oh, love, yeah, if we just have love, and, and and I think we're good enough to be chill and be good. I yeah. think we can be relaxed and do amazing things. I've noticed as a drama teacher, when I taught drama, you know, my children were most creative when the fear was away. Yeah. Where they, you know, it once, you know, they might have a, a fight where they're just, you know, I'm from schools in England too, you know, tough schools, where we're talking about baseball bats in the yard or whatever. But if they put those bats down, they came into my classroom and I said, here, there's no fear. Do you know what came through? Creativity. I know? mean, the thing is, if someone forces you to do something under the guise mm. of fear or, or negative energy, it's never going to be as good as if yeah. you can take the time and breathe and just make it's mistakes true. and create and, you know... It's, that's right, that's I, I, right. I suppose I, I, I do have a, a Star Trekky type of pie-in-the-sky um, idea that if we could... Because t- I don't think... When we talk about all these esoteric ideas and we talk about all the different religions, even though it's pretty much the same story, and all the different things, we obviously don't have the right idea as a species of human because we're still stuck in this petty bullshit, right? And we're in a, a cycle. Um, yet yeah. if we took our collective energy, our collective intelligence, uh, our collective skill sets, because every single being has a different skill set and some uh, races of humans have different skill sets. If we could actually come together and, and apply that in a, in a form of love, imagine what we could create, Richard. Like it's just... Yeah. It boggles the mind. Like we would it, be outside the solar system next year if we could do that collectively. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like it's yeah. Like, if we put, if we, you know, if we put down, the, if we actually put down the tools of destruction, and if we, if we all humanity just worked 
and, and not even as one, but as themselves, yeah. then then it, 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 it's you know it's going. Well, isn't, it can isn't, only be conductive se- to to growth. Isn't self? It's, isn't self? And the true understanding of self, like we've had a lot of conversations about that offline. The fact that we try and just be who we are, and we and like you said before, mate, you, you do your best every day to practice what you preach, and it's difficult. It's not easy because the human existence is not easy. However, but it, gets, it does get easier. It does absolutely you know? because it and it, you and can it will see get easier for everyone. Yeah, yeah. It does and, get easier because it's worthwhile, right? It's, yeah. Um, it, it, it costs you nothing to be kind. However, it gives you something so profound. You know, I it's think... Fun. It's, it's weird how, and I'm hoping it will change, but, you know, and I'm, I don't know, but, you know, I, I, I like to think it's going to change. But there's always thing about, let's be, let's, let's uh, pick up your paper, turn your light off and you don't need it because of, because the world will be destroyed through climate change. I, I, I would like it where we say, you know, pick up the paper and turn the light off because because the light doesn't want it's not going to be happy if it's not giving light to nothing and the and, and the trees it looks nicer without the paper on the ground aesthetically it's pleasing we uh, truth and love and beauty are intermingled yeah and if and 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 maybe we could just have the world be not because it's pretty not to have it like that yeah. can't we be drawn by the love of beauty and pleasure and 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 and, and a sort of a, a reverent hedonism Instead of I must do this or we'll die. Yeah. When the guns held to our head, no wonder we're all reactionary. No wonder we're toppling things. And no wonder we're yelling and you know and so ready to, you know, I must protect my belief system. Mm. You know, and people will swap religions but won't change the hairbrush. Where we're really, you know, almost this weird neuroses and you know they're not us. They're, I don't think they're us. And I think, they, and 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 I I yeah it's. Yeah, and we look for we we hope the spaceships will land, and so we don't have to really try. We're hoping, you know, and people go when the you know, I remember with the with the Aztec calendar. Oh, we're all going to be leapt into a new realm, so we don't really have to meditate, or we you know, don't have to think that deeply because the government knows what they're doing, or God's there, and we'll go to heaven if we go to church. All these ways of just putting it's passing the buck mm. when when. You know what? If we hold the buck, you know what? We can hold the buck. Mm. You know, people. If people, you know, if I get really sad because I'm, I get sad, I get depressed. I have, you know, their emotions, mm. and I used to run from my sadness. But now, when I feel it, you know what? I just go. I'm sad, and I sink into my sadness, and it sinks, and I sink into it, and it sinks, and it sinks. And you know what? I let it fall as far as it wants, and it finally sinks into another feeling. Mm. It doesn't sink to an abyss, and I chill up and die and disappear into oblivion. Mm. It sinks into an enthusiasm or it sinks into a curiosity or it sinks into what's someone doing now or it sinks into, you know, well, if we I, just... I've, start... actually, I've actually got a very recent experience, mate, that we did sort of, I did sort of start to share with you the other day that, mm-hmm. you know, that my, my nan has passed now and she, she really meant a lot to me. She taught me a lot when I was, I was very young and um, as it was a prominent figure in my life. And my grandfather passed a little while ago, but now they're both gone. So... You know the patriarch and the matriarch of, of my family that have been part of my existence since I was born and now no longer, and mm. there was, and I experienced mourning, and you know it's something I want to explore on an unsupervised in the near future. However, I'll share some here. It's it's like that feeling, and again, I don't think, you know, seven eight years ago, would have I been able to experience the mourning the way that I did because in that time I've actually 
I've had the epiphany that, you know, no one knows what they're doing and, and I have actually truly tried to analyze myself and, and, and see my faults and see my positives. And so when these feelings come up, and I think especially as men, um, we're, we're afraid of our feelings. So we, we, we push them away or we don't acknowledge them and we don't actually truly feel them. Um, and it's in the period of mourning that I was in, uh, it was a very solemn um, place and it was a very sad place however I decided to sink into it and to, and to truly feel it so I could experience it and mm. and as you say you know and this was only a few weeks ago that this happened so I'm, I'm probably still in some parts of it as we speak however mm. I'm coming out of that experience uh, with a renewed vigor um, mm. because I understand that in this three-dimensional human form that it, it isn't forever whatever this life is that we have you know we need to live and and we need to try and continue to explore the ideas and and, and have conversations like we've had tonight and but through that morning and through that sadness and and that negative feeling um which is a part of our existence there is learning there is deep learning and understanding uh, and maybe we need to go through a period of mourning for ourselves maybe it's not a race thing maybe it's not a maybe we just need to if if because the thing is the, the the biggest belief to me richard i know you share this as well because you're, you're a very uh, well-traveled man and you know you've got friends of all colors and creeds and all that like myself individually 99 percent of people are super cool yeah um, and but for whatever reason we choose to to separate ourselves by these ridiculous things um, and I think it's a disgrace. Like, I think we're all a disgrace if we have to try and single out a single race to ensure their importance. Because who are we as... That is not who we are as humans in, in our souls. But I think what we've created, you know, especially sort of post-World War II and, and the materialistic um, economy that we created and, and the delve into the physical as opposed to the true spiritual because of the twisted belief system of the Catholic Church that was inherently flawed due to its pedophilia and all the other stuff that come with it. Um, it's, it created something that didn't feed our souls. And I think it's maybe it's taken us till 2020 and, and whatever, for whatever reason, this generation that we're a part of to truly sit down and explore these questions. And hopefully we can, we can come to that place where we can look at stuff from love, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think that like the morning you're going through, that there's you, there's words like sadness and negative. The one word that I, I think I could apply on that, which I think you resonate with, and I think anyone who's going through what you're going through, it's a sacred thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was and, very. It's been very personal. It's been and the Catholic personal, Church yeah. and church and churches have this thing where yeah, you want sacred, come to this, come into our house. And we'll give you sacred, mm. the sacred, but your sacred, that sacred time you went through, you didn't need to have a heavenly church. You didn't you know that every human being is sacred and can seek into the sacred. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're spot on. Yeah. Right? And, spot on. Yeah. And, 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 and whatever, no matter how uncomfortable it is, you wouldn't wish not to have a sacred component to who you are. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and I think the one, the part of the human condition is, it's actually through discomfort that we truly learn. It's it's, yeah. it's through that contrast that we can that, that we can see through 
to something you know we know what's bad because we know we know what's good sorry because we know what's bad um yeah. through, through our own perspective and our own perception you know, yeah and, and, and yeah. and yeah and you know as a baby you hold a baby in your arm it's heavy yeah. <laughs> it's so much joy there and yeah. it, it's a weight. It's a, it's, it's a weight. And you hold a book, that you know, an old tome in your hand. It's a big thing and it's heavy, but you learn from it. Mm. 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 And I think, I mean, I, we really need... But I suppose, and the question I've been asking everyone on the podcast of late, mate, and, I, and I'll, I'll propose it to you as well, is that what is, what is, from your perspective, what is the answer? Like, how do we, how do we learn as a human race without... Um, another cataclysm without something to provide a super shot of contrast to, to truly show that go tomorrow if anyone's wondering what to do what they can do to get to get there all they need to do is tomorrow morning when they get up go to their neighbor's house and just knock on the door and say oh hi and go for that uncomfortable experience Mm. Where the neighbor's like, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, I just want to say, oh, I, I don't ever introduce myself. My name is Richard. Mm. Oh, hi, I'm Benjamin. Oh, hi. All right. If you ever need me, Benjamin, anything ever, you know, anything ever goes wrong, you just say, oh, I'm a yellow way. Yeah. That's it. Just do that to the neighbor. That's all. You know, if people did that, they just need, yeah, it's this little thing. Or when they feel like they want to say, I love you to someone, but they think they're going to look gay or they're going to look like they're weak or they're going to, whatever. Don't just say I love you and let, and let that uncomfortable moment turn into what it will be, which will be a beautiful thing yeah. eventually. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's not in, in nothing. And if there, yeah, no one needs to move mountains. They moved mountains already. The people before us, after the fall, they moved mountains and built all the stones we need, you know. They've done the hard yakka. Mm. And let's respect them by doing the small thing. Yeah, it's, just be nice it's, to yourself. I, you, you know, don't, don't say, I'll eat that chocolate bar after I write this page. Eat the bloody chocolate bar, you know. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to, you know. It's all right. You deserve it yourself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think and it, I, I and we actually we, we used a, a Lord of the Rings analogy earlier. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the writings yeah, the writings of Tolkien are actually quite uh, epic and myth- mythological, and there's some deep esoteric understandings in those writings. How I think it's a, it's like a Gandalf quote where it's like everyone thinks that it takes a great a great power to create to create uh, sorry everyone thinks it takes a great power to defeat great evil. However, what I've seen is it's actually small acts of kindness by everyday people all the time that hold the darkness at bay. It's not actually. It's not. Um, it's not the great thing. And, and look, you could be right there, mate. I suppose. I, I, I have a tongue-in-cheek saying where I say, "Do something for someone where you expect absolutely nothing in return." Because when they do something in return, you're, it's it's double the fun. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And look, that that's, you know, that that's actually a really um, a, a positive way to maybe bring our conversation to a close, mate. I think. Because yeah, thank you for, for, for listening to me, who does know nothing. Um, <laughs> I know I'm making sounds, um, but thank you for hearing the sounds. Yeah, mate. Look, it's it, as You're always. Making many good ones yourself. Yeah, it's always a great pleasure to sit down and talk with you, mate. And look, as soon as the once the borders get open properly and all that sort of stuff, we must uh, organise our our time because I want to come down and actually see that stone that everyone believed wasn't there, and I'll take my own photos. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah. if it's still there because they're, because I, you know I, people are making representations about it to people now because I put the I put the picture up and it went through you know but you know now someone says oh hey, you know some guy swore at me and I'm like you know, and I'm like yeah hi oh, oh, oh. hi you know but you know just meet kindness with whatever you know kindness is kindness is like yeah, it's like a, it's like I don't even want to use an analogy because anything's cruder than kindness just works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate, absolutely. Well, listen, man, we'll, we'll, let's uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon and thanks. Thank you, Triffin, for, for letting me talk on your show. It's been a privilege and a pleasure, and I've re- really got a little, I, I, through articulation. I learned a lot, so I've, mm. ga- I've gained a lot through it. So thank you very much for the discussion. No worries, mate. Thank you very much. Well, we'll end it there. Good on you guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks very yeah. much. Peace to everyone. Take care. Be good to yourself. Have good fun. Night. Cheers. Oh,